Welcome to the Late Night with Chalky podcast. I'm Jay Late Night Larson. And I'm Lyndon Chalky Cabellion. In each episode, we will be talking to different surfers and surf shops to learn more about them and their passion for surfing. We will be diving deep into their experiences as well as their involvement and contributions to their local communities. Be sure to check out our website and Instagram feed for updates on future shows. Thank you for your support, and we look forward to sharing these great stories with you. Late night. What's up, Chalky? Do you remember Fuel TV? Dude, of course I remember Fuel TV. Fuel was epic. I know it is. But I have some exciting news. And what's up? Fuel TV is back. What? It's so sick. Yeah, back and better than ever. And they are the newest sponsors of the Late Night with Chalky podcast. Yes, I love it. Thanks, Fuel. You know what the best part is? Of course I do. You can now get Fuel a whole bunch of different ways. You can subscribe to their new app called Fuel TV Plus and get their entire library of shows like Built to Shred, Danny and the Dingo, and Drive Through, and also their 24-7 channel, all commercial free. To subscribe, just go to plus.fuel.tv and download the app. The other way you can watch is Samsung TV Plus channel 1179. That way is free and includes the better than ever fuel TV that we all know and love. Skate, snow, and our favorite... Surfing. Surfing. Wow, Lyndon, that's pretty awesome. Really pumped. Hell yeah, it is. Welcome back, Fuel. Welcome back, Fuel TV. Foo Wax. The wax that's found under all of the best surfers on the planet. You mean late night? Always under my feet. And Chalky? How do you think I pull those big airs? And layback Lars. And those laybacks. Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. we're not doing the 90s again, are we? I don't do those anymore. Foo Wax, the best wax in the game. Foo Wax. Bonsai balls. They only use real Asahi, not like all those other imitators using sorbet full of sugar. Yuck. They also get their honey from a and bee pollen from a bee farm. Healthy and delicious. No processed honey. What also makes them amazing is that they roast and make their own peanut butter. Damn! They've got seven locations. And download the Bonsai Bowl app to skip the line. Skip the line. Order ahead. Bonsai Bowl, healthy, delicious. Caliente Southwest Grill. Healthy Mexican food featuring local organic ingredients. They also have great salads, vegetarian and gluten-free options. Wow. Yep. Don't they also cater and make party packs? They do. They have all your needs for all your events. Nice. Visit calientesouthwest.com. Or go to the restaurant in Costa Mesa off of 17th Street. Caliente Southwest. Ashland Hard Seltzer. Crafted in San Diego. It's an adult beverage built for all walks of life. Bro, you've had it, I've had it. It's delicious. It is so good. It's refreshing, only 100 calories, all organic, no sugar, also gluten-free with 0.0 carbs. Hashtag enjoy cold Ashland hard seltzer. There is a saying that you don't stop playing when you grow old, but rather you grow old when you stop playing. Iconic Life is an adventure-driven company that seeks to embrace life to the fullest and to never stop playing. 
Check out their natural hemp CBD products that help those that believe in that philosophy. Check out iconic.com. Spelled I-K-A-N-I-K. Again, iconic.com. Or on their Instagram at iconiclife. Friends and family, brothers and sisters, welcome to the Late Night with Chalky podcast. Welcome. This week we got a, another incredible guest. Legendary. And we don't throw that out often. Legendary. San Clemente High School state wrestling champ. Seriously. Come on. Wow. This guy. One of the fiercest competitors to ever grace the sport. I heard about him yeah. when he had a jersey on. Lots of people said that. Yep. Former ASP tour surfer. Has won multiple pro events. Is a longboard world title. What? Yep. Longboard. That's a new one. ISA, World <laughs> Masters champ. That's right. Set up camp down in Costa Rica with a surf hotel. What else is it? Tour, like camp, yeah. training, everything fun for everybody. Personal guiding. I love it. Nice. But I love him because he has one of the best layback slashes ever. Besides myself. But ever. <laughs> yeah. We have to the late night. And, huh? and he's the uh, go-to... Surf coach of today's top athletes, we welcome Jim, wow. Jimmy, the goat boy, the goat, <laughs> T. Hogan. Thank you, bud. Wow, wow what an introduction. I guys. know. Yeah, he's, getting getting good good that. he's getting good at that. You know, I, I got to hype it up. <sighs> oh, man. That's like, where do you begin now? <laughs> I know. We begin where you, where we always begin. Where did oh, you, yeah. you grow up and when did you uh, start surfing? Well, oh, before, yeah. before we start, I just wanted to say, Jim... We've had some incredible surfers from the past. Mike Lambrizi. Yep. Uh, Gerlach, Archie. <laughs> the competitive one. Yeah. He's still here. And, you know, it's funny. Like, we, you know, we, we ask, you know, who, who's, the, who's like one of the most fiercest competitors, you know? Some guys said Crickshank, and then Crickshank, they're like, yeah. oh, shit. But Jim Hogan, Jim Hogan, man, that guy was gnarly. Yeah. So... We're stoked to finally hear it from the goat boy himself. Yeah. yeah. No, it's awesome. And um, thanks for taking your time. I know you spend a lot of time down in Costa Rica and yeah, sometimes been here. There, been there 17 years yeah. now. Yeah, it's amazing. And, um, you know, traveled back and forth from yeah. here to there. And it's been it's been great. You know, yeah. I raised my family there, the, you know, uh, like when they were young, six and eight. Yeah. Uh, they got to grow up in Costa Rica, and for those 10 years, I got to spend every day surfing with them. That's, that's awesome, cool. man. So that's and they, they grew up bilingual, obviously. Yes. Yeah, that's awesome. That's really cool. We've, All right. We got, I got a daughter over here. Yeah. You're three in Spanish. Hablo español un poquito? Hablar español. Hablar español. Hey, keep it up. All right. So let's start. Let's go back and tell us where you uh, where you started. Well, my parents used to drop me off at the beach in Doheny on the at the harbor, right right along the jetty there, and would go to work and pick me back up at five. Wow! They said don't go on the water because they didn't want me going out there. I was a little young, you know. Yeah. How old were you? I was like nine. Nine years old. Okay. And uh, you hadn't started surfing yet. No. Okay. And. These guys were out there surfing, and everyone was having a good time. And The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. 
Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. My brother was, you know, he's six years older. He was out surfing, but he wouldn't let me use his board. So this guy came in. I'm like, hey, can I borrow your board? And the guy's like, Sure. Well, it was a knee board, but it was a board to me. I was a little yeah. guy. It didn't matter. So I paddled it out and took off on my first wave and rode it straight all the way in. And You're kidding I me. I was hooked. It's, <laughs> it seemed like knee boards were kind of the go-to beginner boards. In the beginning. Yeah. like then, We've yeah. heard quite a few guests that said that, you know. But here you are, nine years old. Your brother's 15? 16. 16, and he was already yeah, surfing. 15, yeah. But he, he never took you out there and... Well, he just started. He was just starting too. Okay. Yeah. All right. So... Yeah. And never boogie boarded? Not. Were you, did you know how to swim? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then this guy lets you borrow his twin fin and boom, you're on... Yeah. I mean, everybody was kind of on single fins back then. Mm -hmm. But this guy, I mean, I don't know. I was a little guy that was like, I didn't think I could carry the other board, so the shortest board that came out. Yeah. Like, hey, can I borrow all that? I had to carry it to the water, so I was like, you know, and I stood up the first wave, and anyways, my parents came by, uh, you know, weeks later, and I wasn't supposed to be surfing, but, you know, they saw me out there surfing, and they saw me riding a wave. So, so you kept borrowing boards from people? Yeah, I kept borrowing boards yeah. at that point, and then uh, that Christmas, I got a, a single fin. Uh, there's a six seven diamond tail, homemade board by somebody. I have no idea. No label. No label. Yeah. Your parents All found red, it. red board, so you know, my parents can see you. Parents found it on in the paper. Or something. I have no idea where yeah. they found it, but yeah, it was a single fin. And then I went to. Uh, Were you psyched or what? Yeah, super psyched. Didn't then have to then, borrow. Could just go anytime. Then I just, you know, at that time you had animal skin wetsuits that were like straight jackets. Oh. You know, they zip across the back and you can't move. Yeah. Rashed. Yeah. Rash. So after that, we, uh, I, I got a, a six, two. That was a short board, single fin, natural design. Uh, from Midget Smith, yeah, uh, Midget. back in the day, yeah, at, one, at, at his shop, and he, uh, you know, years later, you know, I'm sitting on the beach, you know, with, you know, the guys that run Killer Dana, Ralphie and Crit, Chris, Shit, Chris Ralphie, and, back and in Gary. The, he's still, well, he, he he doesn't work there anymore, but yeah, 
up until like a year or two ago. Yeah, and right? Gary Wright. Yeah. And Chris Billy, Kevin Billy, Kevin Eastwood, like the this crew. whole little group. Yeah. You know, yeah. we're all we all look the same. We all had long blonde hair and yeah. just sit on the beach and rah, tell stories. <laughs> and, and then that was that group of guys and where I just up at I lived in right. I lived actually in Capo Beach, but right across the street was San Clemente, like literally one street. Yep. Like, yeah. Like you walk right across the street and you're in San Clemente. Right. So it was San Clemente, Capo Beach, but. Yeah. Anyways, we call little Capo kids there. Uh, these guys, Sean Fallowfield, who became a professional volleyball player, and Gary Carr, and all these guys, Chris Walsh, Billy Dog. And anyways, we had walked down and. We'd grab each other all the way down. We'd knock on each other's door. Next thing you know, we had a group of 15 kids. and Starting from Capo? All the way down to Doheny. You know, and, you know, Jeff Alter, you know, Hobie Alter. So yeah. Like, that was our little crew. Yeah. And we'd go down and hang out there and down at Beach Road. So, so. Doheny was your first main beach. Yeah. Main surf break. Because that, that was the closest spot really broke. And it actually yeah. used to break. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, back then it used to, it actually used to break like pretty good size. I yeah. mean, I know I was small, but <laughs> <laughs> I remember like, you know, some eight, 10 foot surf breaking over the jetty. Yeah. And even yeah. outside where the boats couldn't even come in. But uh, El Nino years probably. But right? now, now, I mean, today it's like, it doesn't even look like it's breaking anywhere along the whole coast. Even San Clemente just looks flat compared yeah. to what it used to be. Yeah. I um, think a lot of sand got moved around after those last couple of hurricanes. I actually just drove down PCH through Capo Beach today. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm driving through San Clemente. That's today. still one of my favorite little secret spots. Yeah. It still breaks. Yeah. Need a little... Looked like there was a couple out there for sure. Yeah. So, so you mentioned a bunch of dudes, Groms, that you hung out with. Chris Billy, Kevin Billy, um, you guys are all pretty much the same age. Yeah, okay. we're all kind of the same age, but they were from a different part. They're from Dana Point and all that stuff. Yeah. So that was like our group mixing with their group, but it became a double big group. You know yeah. what I mean? So like Byron Kurt and all like all these guys and Mike Designs and all these guys were we would walk down and hang out with these guys. And, yeah, you know, of course it's whoever does an off the lip. You know, the other guys got to try to do too. Yeah. Right? So who was... Uh, That's the rat pack. Out of that pack, who was like the standout? This guy named... Um, well, Byron Kurt, you know, he moved from Newport Beach and he had this board that was a two-tone. So it was all about colors and stuff back okay. then. You know, that we was had like, the cool equipment. It, it was that. And he was a really good surfer too. Uh, and there's a guy named Billy Dog. Um, uh, Billy uh, Hancock. And he was... You know, he was really good because he could switch stands. He could wow, okay. go both ways. And so he was fantastic. Like, you know, these guys. So when you come in on the beach, you know, big circle. Everyone would get in a big circle and kind of like just lay there in the sun and, yeah, you know, brag about what you got out there and stuff. And, yeah. Yeah. And, the, 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 it's still today, you know, who, who looks good, you know, but you got to go out and still perform. Like, you know, yeah. guys show up with the hottest, newest fins and board or whatever, but you're like... But better freaking turn just that re- reminiscing yeah. about being groms and not having a care in the world and just trying to outdo each other yeah. in the in the water and then even even on the sand. What was on the beach when you came back in? It was like okay, like everyone knows, like hey, they did two off lips. You only did one. <laughs> <laughs> he won the heat. You know, it, it wasn't really a heat. It was no, what, what you were trying to do is like 
when I, you're surfing. Yeah. yeah. Um, so and, this is and, like what, 11, 12 years old now? Uh, yeah, this is about 11, 12. And, you know, this guy comes up to me and goes, hey, you know, around, I think it was like 13 or 14. Uh, and he goes, hey, I think it was 13. He goes, hey, you want to surf in this contest? I'm like, contest? Like, what's a contest? I'm like, you know, like, you know, that's all the best guys in California. What do you mean, man? I'm better than my couple friends on the beach here. Yeah. <laughs> you know, which was on and off all the time. It yeah. wasn't really true, true. But, uh, you know, it was getting to that point where, yeah. you know, that's your drive of, of whoever, you know, I mean, at that point you're trying to pull into the barrel and your head was between your legs looking down. <laughs> you're, you're just like, starting to get this. But no, yeah. not, none of the crew was sponsored at any time. You guys were just no. living off mom and dad's, you know. Oh, like, yeah. yeah. Well, my, my dad uh, ran a bowling alley and they owned a bowling alley. So you used to be, uh, so if you want to bowl for some money, just... Hit me up. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> Check him out. 300s uh, club. We said he was competitive, dude. He's already trying to fucking take our money. <laughs> I just bowled in, uh, I just bowled with Carlos Munoz and uh, Rachel, some kids I coach, and Dylan in uh, Australia. That's awesome. And, oh, yeah, let's go bowl you know, for some money. And uh, yeah. get them out there. And, you know, I hit a 200 and they're at 111. And they're like, oh. I'm like, well, okay, that doesn't really count. Yeah. Goat boy at bowling, too. <laughs> <laughs> so fun. There's a sucker born every day, right? Yeah. Hustle. But, yeah, my dad, anyways, at the bowling alley thing is on the, the scorecards on the bottom, Jack in the Box used to, they used to advertise. Huh. So buy one Jumbo Jack, get one for free. <laughs> well, right at the end of Doheny, it's Jack in the Box is still there. He used to cut those things off and I used to hand them to every kid, like all of them. Yeah, I had stacks like this every day. I'd hand them to all the kids. Yeah. We would stand there at the in line at Jack in the Box before the people order. If you order a Jumbo Jack, I, I get, get one, one free. free. Yeah. <laughs> so we changed all these people's minds to order these Jumbo Jacks because we, we'd wait at the other end. They'd come by and yeah. hand us our it's Jumbo, a good little racket. Jumbo Jack. So, you know, all of us kids, we ate Jumbo Jacks <laughs> for the at least a summer. Yeah. Yeah. So you said, uh, who was the guy that said, hey, you got to surf a contest? You know what? I don't even remember who it was, but he paid my entry. And, and it was a WSA event. And I wasn't sure. I went home and said, hey, Mom, you know, Dad, can I, you know, this guy paid this event. Wanted me to, I'm like, well, I'm like, okay. So I went and I won the contest. Where, where was it at? Um, it was on Oceanside. Okay. And How'd you get there? Um, I think my dad took me. Wow. Yeah. And then I won it. And you then, don't remember this guy? No, I don't remember him. That's yeah. a trip, Yeah, right? because I was just a little, I was just wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't I, like a I, local I surfer. I wasn't trying to surf in events. Yeah. I was just surfing. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I just wanted to see the. He said the best surfers in California were there. I was like, well, I want to so, see. What this I want to see about. what it's like. Yeah. yeah. So I get there and I win the contest. It's oh no no this is in California. This is just one to get to the Invitational. If you make the final here, you get to go to the Invitational. There's yeah. districts of WSA right. up and down the coast, and yeah. if you get in the final of every district, that. You get invited to this invitational. So, backtrack a little bit. You're you're about twelve or thirteen years old when this is happening. Thirteen, yeah. Um, 
you weren't sponsored yet by anybody. No, no. I was, but you but you were getting good. This guy probably noticed still, you. I was riding single fin. I was riding six two single fin. I was just you know. Yeah. I was doing roller coasters at the time. You know, yeah. it was a pretty big deal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Transition down the line. What um was Kill- Killer Dana was was the shop you guys were going to back then? Oh no, Killer Dana wasn't even around yet. No, no. Yeah. What uh what no, was there shops do you remember back then? Midget Hobie. Smith. Midgets. Okay. Hobies. Midgets, yeah. that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I was at this so you know, I'll go on there and then I uh go to this invitational down in Santa Cruz and uh Shit. So you won that contest. Yeah. And you went to Santa Cruz. Yeah. How long wow. in between those events? Um it, I don't know, months? maybe a month yeah. or something. I don't know. Yeah. But I ended up going to Santa Cruz. My dad had to drive me, and we went to White Owl Creek, and it was like 48 degrees, and, you know, we had these wetsuits that were way too big for you already anyways, but animal skins that you can't move. No no booties, no gloves, and, you know, like, we're just, we can't even open the, the, the <laughs> handle on the door. You, you weren't prepared at and all. Then, and then the, the heater that, you know, you put it in the car to defile your feet. You're almost in tears crying because it hurts so bad, you know? That's funny. Uh, but I ended up winning that contest. Shit. And, uh... Dang. There was On a 6.7 or 6... Um, it was 6.2. Uh, oh, you went down to a 6.2, that's yeah, right. Yeah, I was riding the 6.2 natural design at that, yeah. that point. And, um, I was surfing against, uh, Tom Kern. Shut up. So Tom was in that event? Yeah, he got second, and then... His mom... You got first to Tom Curran? Yeah, and then he... That was in 77. Wow. And then someone went and yelled at the judges, and then they switched it and took the trophy away and gave it to him. What? Shut up. And that's when we became rivals. But we were friends. But yeah. We were... Like, we became rivals. I mean, rivals. it wasn't him, but, but it was no, other... At that point, we became rivals. I didn't know him, really, at that point. We were, became rivals. So you distinctly remember winning the contest, and then somebody yelled at the judges... And you got second. Did you look at the tabulation yeah. sheets? That's that's what happened. Was there some eraser marks and some like cross outs with like a new score? Well, Who was yelling? Do you remember? Was it was um, it it was was it Merrick or was it No, I, I'm not sure who it was. I I'm not sure. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but that is crazy. Yeah. It's it was, you know, but that was, was that was my introduction to <laughs> Two contests and then, but you know that actually did did me uh, How huge favors for that contest. Um, Pleasure point. It was no, it was at Steamer's Steamer, and it became a you know it was that became a focal point from that point on. I was like um, that lit a fire under you. Yeah, that lit a fire With, under me, and I got a picture here to actually. Oh, dude, you got to send me that photo. Let me so, see. That is fucking epic. Wow. Man, so what? You guys are like thirteen years old, fourteen years old. Thirteen. So, wow. my, uh, you know, that's 77, and the last time we competed was uh, in 2011 in the World Masters, and I lost to him by .06, and I'm still mad. <laughs> that so, guy's got your number. So that was your second contest ever. Yeah. And you should have won it, but because Tom Kearns, whatever, coach I don't know. Yelled, I mean, well, coach, whoever, whatever, I'm just saying, like, it's, yeah. it, you know, whatever, I, that's... What spurred? I mean, look at the wet seats back yeah. then. I mean, that's what spurred on. Dude, uh, this is a this is a, a uh, pivotal 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 yeah, yeah spit spit it out pivot, pivotal <laughs> pivot, pivotal pivotal 
<laughs> pivotal, pivotal moment. I don't sound so it's bad. It's surfing history, bro. Yeah. yeah That's I, kind of I've gnarly. never brought it out because you don't really want to go back and say yeah. stuff. I know, but this but, is so but, but interesting. That's what happened. It's super yeah. interesting. But then he just got on his phone and showed us a picture yeah. of you and Tom in the parking lot uh, with your trophies. Yeah, but they took that trophy away and gave that to him and gave me the other one. Does that say first time? <laughs> the one you're holding? You can't see, but yeah. yeah. Huh? Does it say first on that? On the well, I don't know if it says you can't see it. You can't see yeah. it. I don't think, but no. it's it's so, there. So was he? Was any of the kids? Yeah, you can't see it. It's cut off. We're, All right. Well, we're, we're, we're I'm sending out a message to Tom Curran. <laughs> Prove or disprove Jim Hogan? Come on, Kurt Duffel. <laughs> Hit us up on Instagram, bro. <laughs> Did uh, wow? No, that's but insane. what, what other kids were friends. in the event? And was any of the kids sponsored? You know, after that point, I mean, there was another, you know, Billy Evans. Uh, okay. He grew up in San Clemente. He moved to Huntington Beach and was a big-time guy here. Uh, Brian McNulty yeah. um, was also competing back then. There was a guy named something Black, and he, he was really good. We went to uh, – we, we ended up driving in a motorhome from here to North Carolina that year in 78 to surf in the Boys' U.S. Championships. Curran ended up winning, and I ended up getting fourth in, in that one. Wow. Um, you took a motorhome all the way out to North Carolina. Yeah. Who, Good parents, who, man. Who took you? Your parents? No, there, there was a surf team, a surf club down in, in uh, San Onofre called Outer Surf. and they, Everybody they, pitched in. Yeah. <laughs> we ended up getting down there and doing that, but they were just... It's even funnier than that as they uh, wanted the money. <laughs> like... Like me to kind of pay for everything, and I was just like, I could like I already gave you my money, and like they wanted more, and I was like, nah. So after the final and everything, I'm like, I'm not going back with you guys. I'm hitchhiking back, and I, <laughs> I bell, I bailed from them, and I started hitchhiking, and I made it to South Carolina. Are you freaking kidding? <laughs> and Tom's Candy, they picked me up and said, hey, you know, you gotta come to our house and. You know, call your parents, whatever. So they called my parents. My parents sent a one-way ticket, and they dropped me off at the airport, and I flew home, and they got picked up. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. How, I mean, there's a lot of things that went on on that yeah. trek across the country. That's crazy. Yeah, the car broke down a bunch. We crashed into things. Who knows? I mean, it was... <laughs> How many kids? <laughs> oh, I think there was about... I don't know, six, eight people in the motorhome just <laughs> fighting in the back like bad news yeah. bears. It was great. No seatbelts, <laughs> running, pillaging, like, yeah. So, so Jim, you, I mean, you were proving to people and yourself that you're a good fucking competitive surfer. Well, right? I, I mean, I, I mean, really, you I was started kind of realizing that. I'm sure your well, parents I didn't, did. No, I didn't even really realize. I just wanted to see what the guys were doing. I didn't. I wasn't even thinking it. Even at that point, I wasn't yeah. even thinking contest. I just wanted to do what. I was just watching what everyone was doing, and yeah. uh, you were doing it better. All my stuff be, became um, focused at Tom Kern at that point. It was just no yeah. matter what it was just what like I'm going to beat him. Yeah, that's wow. the, that's the man to beat. <laughs> and that was it. Yeah. Like I still to this day, even when we surfed in uh, in El Salvador, 2011. Ian calls me up. Ian Cairns, he's a... Yeah. Kanga. And, and he calls me up and he goes, um, Jim, you know, I got two spots in the Masters and Tom... I'm in! Before he even, even asked him, I'm in! Where's it at? How much does it cost? I don't care. I'll pay. Yeah, I'll be you there. Know, give me the credit card. Yeah. You know, 
And that's kind of, you know. That's I, kind I of fun, though. That's I mean, that keeps, cool. keeps you, like, youthful, but, but, like, the drive and the sight and, yeah. you know. So, okay. You go to North Carolina Get for fourth. the Boys U.S. Championship. You got fourth. You come back. Then what happens? Like, when, oh, no, then it was just, you know, just we were just surfing in Vance. So know? now you, like, know the so tour. Now I ended up winning the boys' division in WSA in 77, 78. 79. Was NSSA around? No. Yeah, no. Still, yeah. 79, 80, 81. Or, well, it switched to NSSA, but in those things in 79, 80, or 79, yeah, 79, 80, 81. 82, Kerm was first. I was second. There was one year I ended up fifth. Frohoff ended up second because I was wrestling and I missed uh, two events. And then the next year I uh, I won. Kern turned pro and he went on the world tour, made the top 16. And then I followed him the next year and made it uh, 20th my first year. Sick. Um, it, but we had like 28 events on the world tour. <laughs> and, Grind. Uh, you know, only 16 surfers were seated and only 16 guys out of the trial. So you have 100, 100 guys traveling, 100 really good guys traveling, and yeah. 100 locals at every spot. Yeah. And out of 28 events, I made it out of every event into the main event two years in a row. Damn. Yeah. You were grinding. Yeah. But, you know, the rule book back then was yeah. so, a lot crazier. Let, let's go back to your amateur days. You, 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 um, you were winning the WSAs, right? <clears throat> so yeah, yeah. I mean, there, there is. I mean, there's other winners too. I mean, I, no, I mean, for sure. All, but you, yeah. you were doing well. I was doing, doing well. Yeah, yeah, I was making most of the finals every, every, and every event. Who were your besides Curran? Who else were, was was Bri- Brian Frohoff? McNulty? McNulty. Well, Frohoff didn't come in until the NSSA. But yeah. In the WSA, it was Brian McNulty. Billy Evans um, uh, and Curran pretty much were like the and myself were the main four guys. There's a couple guys uh, um, from San Diego. I'm just drawing a blank right now, but uh, there are some really good guys. Oh, I bet you know, for sure. I I used to look up to uh, um, Chris O'Rourke. Yeah. Uh, you know, in the magazines, he he had cancer, and he he's the first guy to ever wear a helmet. And he and, and he was just like this incredible surfer, and um, no one, you know, not too many people know who he is. Yeah, I remember him. I yeah, remember. But him. he Wasn't was he goofy foot. He's goofy foot, yeah. and just one of the, you know, it was more about style back then. And the other thing is, you didn't copy anybody's style. Yeah. So that kind of stuck with me my whole life. I never tried to copy anybody. I always tried to make my own and yeah. eat and try well, I think it was harder back then because you weren't you know the video the movies weren't as prevalent yeah. and you know you weren't analyzing surf footage like how you know you'd see pictures and yeah. you'd see this nowadays came once a month yeah nowadays it's like that's all you do is watch your footage and everybody else's that you admire or want to surf like yeah. and then you just critique you can progress else. way faster now than you could back then oh definitely For sure. I, mean, I remember like you know, fast forward back into like the pro events and I'm all of a sudden I'm on the tour and I'm like, oh my gosh, like I can't even surf. (laughs) What the heck's going on? Like, you know, and I'll blame Jerry Lopez because, you know, we always (laughs) wanted to get barreled and stand there casual with our arms by our side. Well, if your arms are by your side, you're already done, man. You can't rotate from the hips or the shoulders. So I, you know, after finding out 
tearing yeah. yourself back down and going all the way back to and, the beginning yeah. and then building that that back up to where you're able to here comes the coaching here comes yeah. the coaching so, so, so that's so kind of where that actually and, helped me yeah. be a coach and we'll get today. We, we'll get there because that's yeah. interesting yeah, that's but later like, yeah. but as an amateur and being in that group and at that era like what like when did a sponsor first come about like hey you're doing well in the contest yeah who's your was first it like sponsor? a surf shop or like a surfboard shaper um yeah Body glove no no i was uh like i said this was early on and um I think I was like 14, you know, and, you know, after the couple of years with, with Kern and, and doing that, you know, Midget Smith, you know, walked into the shop to buy a board and he uh, ended up giving me a board, you know, and, 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 and helping me. And then I, I started riding his boards. Cool. And Midget and Gary Ziegler and... Uh, these guys were, I mean, they were like the best guys, you know, and they yeah. were always inviting uh, like Dane Kealoha and Randall Kim and, you know, all these yeah. Hawaiian guys over and, you know, I, I was just a little kid going, ah. Yeah, yeah. they were they were plugged in but approachable and they were ho hooking up the young guys, which yeah. is cool. Yeah. So, well, Jim's a hot, red hot yeah. talent, you know, coming yeah. up. Like, yeah, if I get well, this guy on my boards, we other didn't kids know, are going to come We get didn't him. even think that we were just looking at these guys like oh and you know after the the second contest when i served with Kern, i came back and i was talking to my next door neighbor who was rated number one in the world for 10 years but never surfed in a contest on surfer magazine who's that um first guy to ever surf pipeline you guys come on but no no who is it ah oh, <laughs> i just saw it triple Bill stringer triple no. stringer no. shape for hobies dang damn it I'm going blank. Give, give me, give me uh, the first name. Phil. Phil Edwards. No. Yep. yep. Phil, Phil Edwards. Edwards? Yep. Okay. That was my next door neighbor. Holy smokes! First guy to ever surf pipeline. Wow. Yep. Never surfed the contest. So he was your neighbor. Yeah. So and did and he? It, did you surf with Phil? Well, Phil stopped surfing. He hadn't surfed in a long time. So I, uh, I told him, uh, you know, when I came home, and I said, "Hey, this kid, Tom Kern. Well, he knows Pat Kern." Yeah. They kind of rivals in the water. So, well, I'll tell you what. If you win the year, I'll go surfing with you. <laughs> Sick. I won the year. Yeah. And we went down to uh, Flippy Hoffman's house at Beach Road, and he went surfing with me, and his wife, Mary, took photos of me and him surfing, which I don't have. Maybe Over. she has them, I hope, but I, I don't have them. But I do have a, a thing later on. He... When I was out after the NSSA in 1983 and I was just getting ready to turn pro, he actually wrote a letter uh, to who it may concern, you know, you should sponsor Jim Hogan. Wow. That's yeah. cool. A little so, endorsement. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, so how long did he, how long was he your neighbor for? Like, oh, like your, 10 years. Really? Yeah, yeah. And all those years, like, yeah, you knew who he was, but. No, I didn't know who he was. I was okay. just a little kid, man. Yeah. <laughs> but. Like, I knew he was rated number one in the world for 10 years. I didn't know he was the first guy to ever serve pipeline, though. Yeah. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. And he just quit or just, didn't, just decided not to surf, was it? He wasn't into contests. He yeah. was into that, you know, Mickey Dora yeah. type he, stuff. So Those guys just wanted to travel the world. And, 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 yeah. I, and that's where I grew up. So I was kind of in the mix of both, you know. I yeah. was, And I still am. I, I still surf for me, not for anyone else. Yeah. Okay, so 
here you are, high school, you're, you're winning contests, and then you got into wrestling too? Yeah, how'd that come about in school? Well, um, well, after surfing all these events, I started surfing the NSSA. And Peter Town and Ian Cairns uh, picked a national team. And it consists of Chris Rohoff, Bud Lamas, Bud Lamas, and, oh gosh, Gary Clisby, Scott Farnsworth, Bill Sharp, uh, Kim Merrick, Alyssa Schwarzenegger, uh, McNulty, uh, Jimbo Gaskins. I mean, there's it was all-star yeah, team, right? For sure. And um, yeah. at that point, that's kind of really which changed my thought about, hey, you know, I, I think maybe I could actually do this, you know? So anyways, I end up being behind current and I end up going to... Uh, the ISA in Australia to surf in the world juniors. And I, I saved all my money. I went and sold flowers on the corner and <laughs> knocked on every door selling candy so I could get there. Yeah. And um, the USFF, at the last second, I, it was supposed to be Kern and me and um, somebody else. I think. Anyways, the last second, they pulled me out and said, this guy, you have to put this guy from Texas in that was scared, wouldn't even jump off the rocks paddle out oh my god i wanted to beat him up you know you guys like three so you went all the way over to australia and (laughs) didn't surf i stood on the rocks and watched Kern win the isa world title and and never got a chance to surf in a isa until 2011 when i finished second to Kern by less than a half point bro so wait a minute so you saved you worked your ass off and made enough money to go to australia and you went to australia and in the last minute they replaced you with somebody else? Well, there's yes. alternates, but, you know, more, you know. Well, it had to be from somebody from the East Coast, from the United States Surfing Federation. Oh, so they had to pull people from re- well, different regions? I don't know. Maybe I, that's I what they, that was their the, excuse. That's what happened. So I was offering the guy $500 and my surfboards and everything to, you know, let me surf in that spot. Yeah, yeah. And he wouldn't do it, but he's just, I just want to say I surfed in the contest and... Basically, he had to hide from me the rest of the trip because I was going to beat him up. <laughs> Poor guy. wasn't his fault, but yeah, I mean, no, he could have no, no, he, he he, he pulled out. I don't even know if he actually surfed in the, because the, it was like six to eight foot and he was oh my very, like, I don't Was know. this Burley? Uh, yeah, Burley House. Oh, yeah. Such a good what? idea. That's so weird. Yeah. So. So. You got it. From Ennis's, from WSA. You started surfing NSSAs. Yeah. Okay. And then, then I I was seeing you know the movie Free Ride came out where Sean Thompson's actually doing S turns through the barrel and I, oh my gosh look at this and you know something new. Yeah. So we started you know and and by this time we're now on twin fins, we've switched from yeah single fins to twin fins and um, yeah back and, to what to the first board you ever rode. Uh, well, yeah, without even knowing, yeah. yeah. So I end up riding that for like five years. I still actually have a twin fin. Still Midget Smith then, or uh, back then? Yeah, I went to Midget Smith. Well, I went to Sean Stucy's boards. Wow, no way. Cool. you wrote Stucy's boards too? Oh, yeah, yeah. And I ended up working for Stucy for ten years. Yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I rode Sean Stucy's uh, boards with Genius logos. I went. This is when I things kind of changed. I mean, uh, 
Brian McDulty and everyone, they're all sleeping. There's a contest. In San Diego? In the, San, one, the, the one you, you won the surfboard and yeah. sponsorship? How do you know that? Yeah. Yeah. It's one of my questions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So anyways, that's what happened. I, uh, you know, it, I'm like, hey, I hear this contest down there. So I, you know, I got my car and drove over and grabbed Brian McNulty and um, Sean McNulty. And I said, hey, you know, this, this, um, let's go to this contest. You know, they're going to give a free surfboard out or something. But what it was, was um, if you made the final, which I had no idea, if you made the final, you actually got on Gordon Smith's surf team. GNS. GNS. Yeah. And I was a big skateboarder back at the time, too. So Gordon Smith was the company. For sure. You know, they were had all the skateboard equipment and the surfing. And Wasn't it GNS Flowriders? No, it was GNS. Gordon and Smith... Larry Gordon Ford. was from San Diego, Got it. and Floyd Smith was from Australia, which was the first international surfing company. Hmm. And back then, you had Peter Ta- Peter Talent, Ian Cairns, uh, Richard Cram, even Shane Aran, um, and all these guys, all the best servers in the world rode for GNS. So I wanted to ride for GNS. Oh, yeah. Of course. So that's kind of how that, but I didn't know. Yeah. This was for that. Yeah. And next thing you know, I got free surfboards. I mean, Santa Claus all the way, get packed in clothes. So, and So this is your like, first proper sponsor. Yeah, this was my first sponsor. And it was yeah. and it was based on going down to this event and placing in the top four. I, yeah. Four. Well, this is final. High school. We got first, second, and third. Was that a final? Like, the, how many were in yeah. the final? Four or six? Four. Four. But I, uh, I forget who, uh, there's a guy... Uh, Gosh, I can't think of his name. I can see him. Sorry about that. No, it's all right. Uh, I can't think of his name, but a guy from San Diego, he got fourth. So all four of us became uh, GNS riders. Sean McNulty, Brian McNulty. So what were you, like a a junior or senior in high school? I think I was a sophomore. Sophomore? Yeah. So cool. Now, I know I'm probably being stupid, but like, weren't you seeing other kids that were doing well in contests getting sponsors no not really they really like like you said we were so we you know we you didn't really get out of the area There's until no you got fit when i got turned 16 i got my car then i started driving up and down the coast and, and you know my whole thing is i wanted to I, I wanted to surf every single surf spot in california so that's what i set out to do yeah I, but back then i think it was like boards which was normally the surf shop you know yeah. like they you know the board builder was the shop and yeah. there wasn't really that many apparel companies but it kind of was right in that 78 era where it seemed like it was kind of yeah. well just before the midget yeah. thing well you got midget then there's like a little like a little part in between when i got midgets later on yeah um you know there's a guy named brad basham who is the heart of san Clemente surf shaping resin hmm. board, bu- board builder yeah he was the guy that did all that there and still all the guys go over to him to get all the materials and stuff he's still the heart of san clemente hmm. you got cole and lost and timmy patterson and and like lot there's tons more guys Joe yeah. o'keefe yeah. all these guys are all set around him still today cool i was i think i was 14 and I went into there and bugged him, got a custom 
double wing round pen single fin for $85 custom made <laughs> from a guy named Gunther from Brazil. Wow. 85 what bucks. 85 bucks. Spray. Spray and everything. Oh, yeah. yeah custom spray. Yeah. Two-tone. Yeah. That was the goal. So, so GNS was your sponsor. Yeah. Sophomore. How long did you ride for them? And then... I rode for them for like 15 years. Wow. Yeah. You turned pro, you turned pro with them and everything. Yeah, I, I, like, my whole pro career was with them. Okay. Yeah. So so what happened? Had like like a, I don't know if you answered it. Wrestling like what? Oh got, no, I didn't answer that. So, anyways, when I knew that I was gonna turn pro and that's kind of where I was gonna go, I wanted to be in the best shape ever. So, um, I kind of went into wrestling for that, not to wrestle right especially they want to wear those tights and <laughs> but just seem and just seem cool like you know like well i mean you know, they didn't have they, boxing at yeah. school so they that look, was the next they look like they trained hard yeah yeah they trained they harder looked, than anybody else so i i went in it and and then i you know went out there my first matches in the freshman league and i just killed it. everybody yeah so i challenged the guy that was a jv the next week because you could only do that you know, at the in practice at school, so I challenged him, beat him, won the spot, went to the JV tournament, won that, came back and challenged the the varsity guy, and beat him, and then stayed varsity from freshman all the way through, all four years. And <laughs> look at this mighty, mighty, yeah. mighty mouse, mighty mouse. But I, you know, basically it's like MMA. Yeah. You know, like you know. Um, these Your ears guys, don't look that messed up. It's yeah. Because I didn't let the match go that way. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't have the beat up ears because he didn't get beat up. <laughs> you don't see the other guy. Well, you know, when you're scared, like a cat up against the wall and you got a freaking pit bull at you, yeah. you got to figure out how to get out of it. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have time. Goat talking right there. Yeah. You don't have time. You just gotta. So instant act. success in that you know wrestling field, and you were getting you know you guys were training a few days a week every uh, day. Yeah, you know? we trained every day. Yeah. Uh, were you surfing every day too? Yeah. I, I, now this is where it gets crazy because then I would get up at dark. I'd be on the beach. I'd be in the water before the sun rose, and be surfing for thirty minutes before the sun even hear popped the, up. Hear that, kids? And then I would surf for. Another, you know, 45 minutes to an hour and then get out and then have to race to school. And then at lunchtime, we live close enough to the beach. I'd run straight back down and surf and then come back and do wrestling practice for two hours. And then after school, I would go back home and then uh, I would go to work at Dana Point Harbor. I worked in a, a restaurant so I could... You know, go to these places I wanted to go to. And then you know, I had no idea. Like, I wanted to go to Jeffrey's Bay. That was my whole goal. Yeah. I mean, watching Free Ride and those guys surf Jay For Bay. For sure. Contest wasn't really still my, my thought pattern there. But yet. that could get you to a it lot was, of these places. But it was kind of molding up without me realizing it. Yeah. You know? Yeah, because you had a competitive streak that you, you just kept having to feed it. You know yeah. what I mean? Through yeah. surfing and wrestling. Like, yeah. it just seemed like it was, you know... Normal and, you, and like, yeah, it seemed, seemed like it was in your DNA. Like, yeah. you know, you, you loved what you did and you obviously put everything you got into it. 
got up, surfed, went to wrestling, went and surfed again, went and worked. How do yeah. I get to the next event? How do I pay for it? So yeah. what, what, yeah. Speaking of surf trips, what was your first surf trip then? Wow, my first surf trip was, wow, this is another good one. Uh, Ian Cairns, Peter Town, and took the NSSA national team to South Africa. Wow. 1980. And I got to surf in the Gunston 500 in the amateur part. And um, I, I lost was Kern. No, no. <laughs> I actually, Kern lost before me. And I made the final, and it was a six-man final. I was a, only one from the U.S. in the final, and five South Africans, and... They just they, no, they ganged up on me. Oh, wow. I got six. There's no, they just blocked me because I was winning all the heats. Uh, but I did, out of all the pros, and that was one of the world's longest surf contests yeah. at that time, besides that and Bells. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was the first guy to get a perfect 20 in uh, that contest, even, you know. Yeah, first Dur guy. Was ever. it off Durban Jetties? Right it was there? off Durban yeah. uh, Jetties yeah. before they built the pier Piers? over it. Yeah. yeah. So cool. Got bar barreled from the one jetty to the next jetty. And uh, Ian, Ian Cairns, uh, Dane Kealoha, I think Simon Anderson, and all these guys, all my heroes were all lined up sitting there. And they watched that barrel. And I guess when I came out, Dane Kealoha jumped up and he went like this. And I guess everyone fell over backwards <laughs> that was sitting there watching, you know, uh, for, that's what I heard the story yeah. on the yeah. beach. Yeah. That's classic. So, so what a cool experience. And when, how old were you when you went there? And it's to say, it was like, I think I was 16. Yeah. Okay. So, so was, was PT and that's when PT and Kanga. I was 17. Yeah. Started like it took over in then. Right. Yeah, yeah, well... The national... Yeah, yeah there's a national team, you know, we had our uniforms, yeah. you know, like... The arena... Yeah, the arena... Sweatsuits. Yeah. That's so rad. So... We um, gotta bring those back. We should make late night with chalky ones. Sweatsuits? <laughs> Fuck. Be killing it. That would be insane. Yeah, remember those things? You know, oh, the, yeah, yeah. I still have mine, actually. Do you really? Yeah, I still have it in... in uh, so epic. We gotta get gotta some photos. <laughs> okay, so... That was your first. That, that, that was, was your first. first wait, trip. wait. Did you get to go surf J Bay that trip? No, I didn't. No, yeah. <laughs> no. And my whole thing was because we were with the team. Yeah, didn't get to break off. And but uh, I went back um, the next year, and um, well, I ran into Martin Potter, and Martin Potter uh, and I became friends, and he was fifteen and was just. This wonder kid. Yeah. Um, but no one... That was the next year. You know... Uh, no one knew who he was when you met him, right? Um, No, not in California yeah. or outside of... Everyone knew who he was in South in, Africa. Yeah, yeah. South Africa is just this little tiny... Like, it's a big place, but... One the surfing thing, community... Yeah. The scene was small. Yeah. Uh, tiny. Those guys, you know, the best surfers. You know, anytime I draw anyone from South Africa, I'm like... You know they're legit. They're they're good. Yeah. Yeah. If their names says South Africa next to it, watch out, guys. Yeah. They're yeah. good. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> you know, Barrett Debris right now, he he he'll be breathing on the world too. Right? I I went doubt if he makes it this year. If, Who's that? Barrett Debris. In, in, Is he out now? He's well, in. you know they have to do the qualifying tour when yeah. it starts, but God. he's he's somebody that you know is. He's, he's good. You see yeah. the talent in that? Oh, yeah. So when you were traveling with the NSSA 
national team, it was like the who's who of surfing. Like, oh yeah, it, it was, was like the next generation of of professional surfing, right? Yeah, but we didn't know that. You didn't know that. No, but we were just we were just grown. having a good time. Yeah. And Ian, Ian and PT had just put this group of guys together. And, yeah. You know. They're so good, ch- good chaperones. Were they like, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, they... I could they, only imagine Kanga just like yelling, you know, like, well, ah. Well, they took us to Hawaii and like, yeah. get out there. Yeah. Pipeline. Go. Yeah. <laughs> but, well, I mean, the first day, it was like 20 foot at Haldiva and we'd paddle out and, you know, like, never seen waves that big. Yeah. It's, I, it's, I was riding a 6'6 six, six single fin at the time. It's funny, depending on who we talked to, you know, the, the way that they saw PT and... Kanga, I mean, we're stoked. We're lucky that we had those guys to take American surfing to the next level and to compete. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I mean, like, they harvest everybody. Yeah. Like, and, you know, with Kern and I being on that team as well, and my whole goal was to beat him. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, I never saw any other teams. I don't even know who they were. I just, I I literally, my whole focus was to beat him. And, uh, which, you know, became a really good thing because I pushed him and it really pushed him a yeah. lot. And yeah. He pushed me to try to beat him. Yeah. And, you know, he's one of the greatest surfers of all time, For even sure. in my book. You yeah. Know? Uh, but it, it, he, he was my rabbit. I got to chase him, you know. Yeah. And, uh, That's so He cool. knows it. Like, you know, he, he was on the WSL plane with a guy from the East Coast and the guy asked him, who he, his toughest competitor was, and he gave me some props there. Yeah, that's cool. So I was, and that, coming out of Kern, yeah. he never, he never Man, told me that amazing. ever. Man, yeah. a few words. But, but three times uh, in the last uh, decade, he has given me um, those kind of props in front of big Recognition, crowds. yeah. I like to thank Jim Hogan back there. That's awesome. And, uh, you know, we're, we're, definitely good friends yeah. well just that yeah. those those times you know are so memorable you know and it kind of you know built to who you are today but you know that seems like yesterday in your mind and i mean i look yeah. back at you know those old times it's like what's what's that saying it's like the older i get the better i was <laughs> <laughs> but then you have somebody like Curran reminding yeah, yeah. you know reminding yeah. you yeah you were that good yeah so well the thing is now i'm, I'm like hey Curran, i'm kind of looking at a skim board and <laughs> i have to challenge you hear soon yeah but it's, it just goes to show we're like internal groms like you know like those years or you know you never yeah. grow up like never you, grow up if you're a surfer once you grow up i think you you kind of give up like, you know i mean if you're a beach beach person it's like you know i always said when i was 20 and i looked at those guys and they were 40 i'm like hey if i surf like that hey, just shoot me yeah <laughs> well i'm 57 i don't surf like that 40 year old guy when yeah. i was 20 so yeah. I'm, yeah i'm i'm pretty happy i don't know how long it will go i mean when's it the day when you come out and you come off the bottom on an eight footer and you look at the lip and you're like oh i'm not gonna hit that one now. yeah I, you know, I did that today you know that's you know like you were out that's too big know. for you no <laughs> but you know what i mean like there's gonna come that day where like you kind of get yeah like ah yeah you know and thank goodness it's not there yet yeah yeah that's awesome. hallelujah so so after south africa what? Traveling in SSA. Okay, South Africa, traveling in SSA, and then basically, uh, you know... Um, finish high school, finish the Yeah, yeah, finish high school, end up being the athlete of the year. You know, this guy named Mark Messersmith. 
held all 20 records for wrestling for the most takedowns, most pins, most team points, most career wins, da-da-da-da. Anyways, that gave me a goal, and I, I went and beat every record. He held them for 10 years, and I held them for over 10 years. Wow. And now they're all gone. Ugh. Um, Damn little good. But I, uh, and then I ended up winning the state, you know, that's where you yeah. and I have some some things about the San Clemente Huntington Beach rival <laughs> for the, the high school thing. The, the you know, rival. We, we've got 12 titles at San Clemente. Yeah. You know. How many athletes we have? You know. I don't uh, even know. Not <laughs> I that should many. Know. I should <laughs> no, know. HB was a, a, a big rival of ours. Yeah. As well as like, I always consider Santa Cruz SC against SC, you know, San yeah. Clemente against Santa Cruz. Yeah. yeah. But there's in every single category, you know, the guys doing airs. Yep. We have air guys, you know, Christian For Fletcher, sure. Archie, and all Got, the boys. Gotta have a match. Yeah, uh, you know, Shane Bashan and da 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 da. You know, the power surfers, you know, we got all the power surfers against power surfers. You got all the big wave surfers against the big yeah. wave yeah. surfers. So it's a it's a So let's let's talk about Saint Clemente, because you know That you was a big big part of your you started upbringing. your your main surf spot was Doheny. When did you start gravitating? Well, towards? that was just until I was able to not, you know, when I got about 15, 16. When I was 15, I was, Doheny was, long, yeah. you know, yeah. long gone. I yeah. Mean, yeah, that's for kids. I, I we, we were going down to Beach Road. There was a, you know, it was like barreling. Yeah. And, and, and then we'll also go down to, if we get a ride, we used to get those, our buddy, the, the Walshes had this, station wagon you know with the panels on the side the wooden fake so panels cool. yeah and we used to get a ride down to lowers and go surf there you know yeah so we would surf you know trussels and cottons and yeah. we would we would actually jump but, the fence at nixon's place and actually run right through the his yard to do a shortcut and we get cottons to get cotton chased and, yeah yeah so tell us about that like you and your friends your first couple times going to lowers like what was that like that was like whoa because was it was it was it open or were they still like kicking people off the beach like no no no. it was open it was open by Uh, then it was that was just before me yeah the the 70s um were you know that's the 60s and 70s when they were like taking all the boards and yeah i was it was more like the 79 i think was my first time there you know, and was, was it just like I, I didn't really even know you heard what about to, it didn't I, you know what to expect? i didn't know what to expect you know it's just yeah. this long walk you know yeah. for when you're a little kid oh, forever get, it seems like you know. so long but now it's like what That's yeah it? and and then you know i end up my first condo i end up buying my first place i bought was it as close to the top of the trail <laughs> you can get so right next to cypress court uh shores there there's a three-story condo i bought a, a unit for sixty-five thousand dollars, four hundred ninety-five square foot. Oh my gosh! Right there, single, single. A little bigger than the closet. Yeah, yeah pretty much. <laughs> and and it was as close as you get. So I run down in my wetsuit, come back and jump in the jacuzzi, then go in my little house. You hear that? Run, not e-biking like yeah. all these other little. Yenta- yeah. No, so, just run. So how yeah. was it your first couple times down there? It wasn't that crowded, right? Or was? Oh, it? I'm sure. It was no, crowded. no. In the summertime, it was crowded. And, and, you know, I uh, later on, like I, I started getting kind of upset in the summer because I'd go out there and 
surfing. I, I didn't like to cut people off. I, 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 that's not really... Yeah. It, our, our rule of, of game of surfers is the guy on the inside has the right away. Yep. That's it. Let him go. Yeah. Didn't matter. Don't yeah. don't burn somebody. It's not cool. Yeah. And it's still not cool. Um, but there, it's 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 a doggy dog. So yeah, it became this crazy it's thing. So, so crazy. you know, I I I end up uh, later on when I end up started doing longboards. You know, like I didn't surf. You know, in 1990, I ended my career. I blew my knee out and well, recession before, hit. Before let's let's talk about. Your your life on on the it was ASB then right yeah so yeah. you you graduate and turn pro with GNS yeah like were you were you surfing the PSA events um I I think I surfed one or two I, I went straight from high school right onto the world tour I was chasing current I mean yeah he, like you know he made it in the top sixteen I I can make it in the top sixteen guaranteed yeah um so what I got there that? what year is it when you turn pro. I turned pro in 1983. Wow. That's a long-ass time ago. Yeah, I... Uh, I uh, and Kern was already... After a the, he was a year before. After the eighth event, you know, the whole thing, there's a rat right there just in your house. Shut the front door. <laughs> he's right at the front door. What? Rat? <laughs> a rat, yeah. Maybe the cat's brought him in. Yeah, he's, he's bouncing mouse. around right there. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Is it a big one? It's a little mouse. A little mouse. It's Christmas. Give him a piece of cheese. Wow. But, yeah, no, it's, you know, like, that, that was... So, so uh, <laughs> you, you, you embark on the world tour, right? Yeah. Um, GNS is a sponsor. O'Neill, GNS. O'Neill. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, um, Jack Surfing Sport, when I was 14, I was across the street from Doheny. I walked in and they wanted someone to ride for them. You know, they heard I was doing good and stuff and and they gave me a wetsuit. And the first wetsuit, you know, is the bomb. You know, it had O'Neill written down the arms. It yeah. was big time. I'm sponsored, man. Yeah. You got a wetsuit. That was the name of the wetsuit too. The, the yeah, O'Neill. O'Neill the bomb. I don't know if it was called the bomb. I, I think so. I think but it was, was just it, it had written down the sleeves and Sean oh, yeah. Thompson yeah, had that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? So, I mean, so you I, wrote for Jax, you wrote for Well not Jax. They just they just they gave just, me okay. they, and you know, they just kinda they basically just helped me out. I, yeah. But I end up later on because when I went to South Africa and met Martin Potter and stuff and Martin was gonna have to go to Army when he was sixteen. And I mentioned, hey, you know, like, you don't want to go to Army. You yeah. Ruin, he, you know, he won't be the world champ if he goes to Army. You just ruin. Him. Yeah. Right. And I'm like, hey, you can live at my house. And uh, he oh. moved. He moved to San Clemente when he was 15 and lived at my house until he was 21. On and off, he 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 lived a little bit in Laguna with you know at Michael Thompson's and uh, a guy named Kurt and sometimes here Mike Crookshank and you know he bounced around, but. Overall, it was like five years at my house, and that's where you know the boys learned how to do airs. Yeah, you know. And, and so he moved at fifteen to escape the army. Yeah, he, and then was that part of being turning pro? Like, hey, I'm a pro athlete, and I'm moving. You know. Well, he had a, a passport from England too. Yeah, and then he got his his mom and brothers out of there, and they moved. To, they're in England now. Wow, and, that's crazy. I, I heard that uh, Potter lived in in. 
in San Clemente for for a while when he was a kid. Yeah. But uh, I didn't know that he lived with. The, the he great. lived with me. Yeah, we're like brothers. Like, I mean, he, you know, he had a Stussy board, and mine, mine broke, and you know, he had it all. You know, Astrodeck. We used to walk into Herbie's and make our own Astrodeck. You know? <laughs> like That's super cool. Funny. You know, yeah. he pulled over and cut it out with the, the things and have whole decks. Yeah. You know, back then, and then Herbie. You know, realize, hey, going through too much money doing this. So he, he made these little tiny squares and diamonds, you know, in these little packages, and we'd stick them all over our boards. Yeah. And Martin had stickered this one all up, handwritten it, and I'm like, oh man, I broke my board. I got a contest tomorrow, Pots. I need, I need to ride that. Oh no, I haven't written yet. Oh come on, man, let me write. It. Anyways, won the contest on the board. I wouldn't give it back. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Pots. So let's talk about the San Clemente. Dude, that talent pool back in the day, you know, the Fletchers, Archie, Andy Fomenko, yeah. uh, Crickshank. We're, well, Crickshank's Salt Creek, right? Yeah. Did you guys, like, meet up at T Street or Rivia, or did you call and say, hey, Lowers is going, you know, like, no, were you guys just all ran into each other? There's no phone calls. Yeah. I mean, I mean, maybe there's one phone call here and there, but it was, we meet at T Street. Yeah. You know, figure it uh, out if it's good there or well, venture elsewhere. Younger, we were meet we meet there especially in the afternoons because you didn't have time to run down to Charles's and you yeah. did, but you know we meet there. And tra- yeah. Actually, T Street used to be pretty good. We used to have these big A frames that come in and consistent. Yeah, and it was a good air. He air says spot. everywhere used to be good here. I think he's just jaded living down in Costa Rica <laughs> the last seventeen years. <laughs> well, no, I mean it, just when, like, I, when I was like. You know, up to about 20, there was good waves. But I think when the they built the Dana Point Harbor, all the sand, it stopped flushing down the beach. Yeah. And, and it took the yeah, sand away. Was instead, of, was gone. instead of filling the beach in, it, it, it ripped the beach away. Yeah. Yeah. At Capo, you had to put rocks all in front of all those houses before they got wiped away. Well, I mean, you got to realize, too, the San Clemente surfers, you have, uh, like, the first guy to ever get towed in. You know, who's the first guy to ever get towed in behind a... I'd say Snips. <laughs> I don't no. know. Who was it? First guy to ever get towed in was Flippy Hoffman. No way. From Hoffman Fabrics. He got towed in when I was about 14. He got towed in from a Zodiac outside Avalanche. He was already doing it. I don't know how many years he was doing it. And then that's where Herbie Fletcher was on the stand-up ski a few years later and towed Martin Potter in at Second Reef Pipe. Wow. And then, you know, later on, Laird and all those guys, Laird and Buzzy and all yeah. those guys went to Jaws and was doing towings on the sit-down skis. Yeah. yeah. You know? So, so crazy. I, I hate to, I was going to ask you about, you know, when you first started to get on the pro tour, you had O'Neill sponsor, you had um, GNS, you know, were you thinking about how you were going to afford to go on tour like oh yeah i did i you know i i had all my tickets paid for and by the companies yeah i had varney sunglasses varney varney and flohos sandals and o'neill and gordon smith that was just enough to pay for my airfare ticket Everyone. around the world yeah 28 events holy smokes in a year and none of them made sense you know, you fly from, you know, yeah. to, to Japan and then all the way back to Australia to, like, you know, it was... It was this crisscross. And it was a lot of money. I mean, there's thousands of dollars, like, sometimes, yeah. like, 
way it's way cheaper nowadays than it was then the tickets you yeah. know so I sold my Volkswagen for two thousand dollars <laughs> and that was my spending money well that you're like your, I'm not going to be here anyways money. I'm gone for the year might as well, well that you was, know. yeah you know, that any was money my, I was gambling on myself yeah. You know, and that's what I did. I gambled on myself. And was there any money in the trials before main event or like heat wins or? No, well, Kern and I, before that, we were making finals of all the pro events and we didn't get any money. We weren't allowed to accept money because you're the still Olympics. Amateur. Yeah. amateur. Yeah. What Olympics? They're not even up yet. Yeah. Right? But we'll get into that yeah. later. But yeah, we, didn't, we, we were winning, getting first and second and. Joey Brand and Michael Barron and David Barr and Phil Tribal, they were taking all the money behind us. <laughs> we didn't get nothing. I mean, we, you know, first and second, they get, they get third and fourth, they get first and second money. And why, yeah. yeah. And what was the reason not turning pro then? Like just. Well, because we, they gave us this hope of Olympics being mm. surfing. And if you oh. wanted to be there. Back then. Back yeah. then. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, we all wanted to be in the Olympics. I oh, mean, that course. was the biggest thing going back then. So. Now, do you think that's why Kanga and PT started NSSA is to try to get it in the Olympics or? I don't know. We'll have to ask them. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, they, they definitely wanted to help surfing yeah, and, yeah. And, 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 and bring the surfing into uh, the mainstream, like sport kind yeah. of, yeah. Well, they grew no. up. They grew up where it was high. You know, in Australia, it was a one of three main stage, high, yeah, main yeah. stage sports. You know, and they go over to America, and it's like, whoa, what are you guys doing, man? We need to bring it up here. You yeah. know, like so. I think they just saw opportunity here in America. Like, unlike you know, if they could get it going, yeah, it was going to be big. Yeah, and it was. It, I mean, in, in the eighties, surfing was huge, huge. You know, well, big time. It was. It was really big. So did, you know, there's a hundred thousand dollars, hundred thousand. People on and the beach, man. Yeah, when yeah. They show up. Uh, yeah, bikini. Maybe because of bikini show or bikini contest. No, no, in Australia. No, no, <laughs> no, that helped. <laughs> it definitely helped the, yeah. the U.S. Open. Yeah. You know? um, but like in Australia, it was packed. So first yeah. year on tour, you got me top sixteen going through. No, trials. I made twentieth. Twentieth. But got you uh, seated a little bit, or how did that work back then? Um, no, I had to go through the trials again next year. Oh my year. gosh. And I finished 22nd. And then the third year, they reseeded and they gave 16 and then the back 16. So I became the back 16. And then... You Were know, you making any money? No, after... Well, 28 events, the only you only made money if you made it in, out of the trials into the main event. So... I made it out of every single trials into the main event and I'd go, oh, I got enough money to go to the next event. And I think... That was enough to knock, like, you know, I'd get through a couple of heats, maybe a fifth or a ninth overall, and i just, like, crumble because I'm like, oh, I get to go to the next event, you know? Yeah, emotional. You know? So, um, you know, I had to make it through every event. I had no money. So yeah. I made it through, like I said, uh, 56 events in a row. <laughs> and the grind. It wasn't the dream tour back then either, right? It was like... No, what, I, what was, like, some of the favorite stops, like, you know? Well, Australia, Australia was one of my favorite stops. Because it's, you know, Australia and it's good yeah. surf and and South Africa. Clean, I, South I Africa. always had a thing yeah. with South Africa because you know the, yeah. my first trip ever out of the country was to South Africa. Yeah. So like I I fell in love with Cave Rock and I was I 
Potter and I would surf Cave Rock all the time, and his mom would be like, okay, you're not allowed to surf Cave Rock because there's too many great whites. So we would go, okay, we're, we went and surfed this other spot, but we were at Cave Rock. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so good. So do you, uh, not to backtrack, but what was your first uh, magazine shot? Uh, my first magazine shot was at San Clemente State Park doing a big layback cutback. Um, no, no, actually it was doing a bottom turn. Somebody was swimming out and got me coming in front of them, doing a bottom turn. Um, so editorial, not an ad. Not an ad, a double page spread. Wow. In uh, Breakout Magazine. Cool. I think Rick Goddard took that photo. Rick Goddard? Yeah. Nice. So, yeah. Because that, I mean, aside from doing contests, like getting a, a, I mean, the magazines were like our surfing Bible. Yeah. Like you looked at them, you wanted, you know, you wanted to be all those guys in the ad. You wanted to be at that place that Barrel was at, wherever it yeah. was, you know, like to get a shot in the mag must have been like. Yeah. I met uh, the guy that started. He's going to show us a picture right now. On his no, phone. no, no. Uh, oh. there, there's a, this is a. From Nick Carroll talking about the NSSA is a bit of talent, attitude, and a lot of heart. Uh, someone just sent this to me. I never saw it before, but you could just go. Oh, that's you right there. But it, isn't it, that you? It starts with current up there. If you just check that out, it's kind of it's kind of. I'm gonna read it. Defines current uh, remains the typically early NSSA prototype for people, but when I think of the NSSA's international impact. Jim Hogan is the one who comes to mind. Sometime during the first surge of NSSA trained kids, Hogan came to Australia and at the Stubbies Classic, perhaps the world's most prestigious event, prestigious event at the time, immediately charged into the opposition. He wrestled tough locals who tried to give him uh Wait, tried to out-paddle everyone. Like, oh wait, sorry. He Lemonade wrestled class. tough locals who tried to give him lip. He out-paddled everyone like a madman, and he competed like a pint-sized John McEnroe. <laughs> That's my favorite quote of the whole That's thing, right awesome. there. <laughs> is that is that the event Aki wanted to like? You know, let me finish. Hogan came. An unprecedented fifth in that contest, and right then and there, as the Rat Pack watched, he redefined what we'd all come to imagine the American pro surfer to be like. He didn't need to be a genius. He didn't need to copy the Aussies or the Hawaiians or the South Africans. All he needed was a bit of talent, a good attitude, and a lot of heart. He was from the NSSA. Wow! Nice. So that that came from Nick Carroll, you know wow. Tom Carroll, who's one of my all-time favorites. Yeah. And Nick Carroll, who's one, one of, of the, the most respected journalists in surfing. Yeah. yeah, and and I never saw this article. That just got sent to me, and I and because you're talking. You know about, that's you, right? Yeah, I okay. guess me. But that's not. That's cool. That, that's not the, the the thing about that. But the thing is, like you were talking about the NSSA and the impact. Yeah. Well, that. I can't explain the impact. That explained the impact. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So for sure. I, I just wanted, like, that I'm was more. You, I'm glad you brought that out. That was kind of yeah. a, a, a thing. Well, I just did it random and thank goodness yeah. I had it on my phone. I yeah. Yeah. Thousands I mean, that, th those are good phone. fundamentals, you know, like go out like a tiger, you know, show respect, don't give up. And, you know, like they just crossed all the T's and dotted all the I's on there, right? That, yeah. that was well, you. I never, like I said, I, I was just looking yeah. at, um, 
You know, Burley Heads was about as close as I was going to get to Trussell's. Yeah. It was hollow. Way good. <laughs> and, Way good there. You know, my first, this is a, a great story. Again, I got too many. I could yeah. bring you guys. We could be here until tomorrow. So, yeah. unfortunately, I hope not. <laughs> well, we have a schedule till tomorrow. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I bet you do. <laughs> uh, anyways, I get off the, I, I fly there for the first event. And I get off the bus with all my bags. I get there two weeks early by myself. And I'm like, you know, I'm going there. I'm going to win, man. Like, that's, I don't think yeah. about anyone else or nothing. I'm there. So I'm standing out in the rain with my luggage and big board bag. And this guy comes out and goes, hey, hey, mate, where are you staying? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> wow. He goes, are you here for the stubbies? And like, yeah. He goes, have you ever surfed in the stubbies? I'm like, no. He goes, is it your first contest, first time surfing in this? I'm like, yeah. He goes, I'll make you a deal. I'm like, all right. He goes, you can stay here for free if you make it through the trials. Wow. But if you don't make it through the trials, you got to pay. You're kidding me. I'm like, okay. Well, I don't even realize the guy puts me in the freaking penthouse. No way. Yeah, because I'm going to have to pay. Like, I'm already there yeah. two weeks. I got another two weeks of staying, almost about three weeks of staying in this yeah. penthouse. He stoked you uh, out to rip you off. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I'm, like, naive because I'm just, like. I'm going to win this thing. Awesome. Well, no, I'm, like, I, like I'm getting. Is it, I'm, I getting, just, like, I'm yeah. getting into the main event yeah. because I'm. I, I know I'm making it through every trials yeah, at yeah. this point. You know, I've told you I already made, like I'm my mind's not I'm not, not yeah, you, making it through a yeah, trial. So you kidding yeah. me? He doesn't know my background or another. I'm like What I got to sure. Yeah. So anyways, I've got the top I mean, it's plate glass window all the way across and I'm at the bottom at Burley Heads watching the waves peel mm. all the way down the point. So I'm like I run. All the way to the top, go yeah. up to the cove, jump down. That's where we, we would stay forth. when we go because it's in between like Kira and yeah. Surfer's Paradise called, and it's right in the middle and you got that wave. It's just like that That was the zone to like. Yeah. So it's called Gardens, something Gardens, oh. you know. So anyways, he ends up giving uh, the highest trialist a free room the next year, which I won. <laughs> I got the highest trialist. I ended up fifth in the contest. So I got the highest trialist and won that again the next year. Well, the next year, he gives it to the next highest trialist again. I won it again. Shut the fuck up. For you, three years, you, I didn't pay for that place. And you're not. And I'm inviting Charlie Coon, who wrote for GNS, yeah. and Matt Cackley, and they're staying in there, and we're throwing freaking paper airplanes out the window <laughs> and doing paper airplane contests who can make their planes. So, so hold on a second. <laughs> so good. Your first time for this contest, you roll up. Why did you pick that hotel, or where were you? I didn't it? pick it's it. A... He picked me. I was standing out in the rain with my my suitcase and my luggage, going, "Where did I go?" Were you in front of the hotel, or were you? I like... was on the sidewalk. I I was and just he kind randomly of just walked up and said, he, uh, "Hey." I was standing. I was looking around like in a circle. I didn't know where to go. I'm like, "There's like hotel here, one there." I'm like, "Oh, okay. Well, which one do I got to go to? I don't know." Yeah. I just need to go find the cheapest one. Yeah, that's why guy out of the blue says, so, so "I'll put you up if you if you make it." He goes, "No, if he goes, if you don't make it through the trials, if you make it through the trials, you get it for free. If you don't, you got to pay for it." Yeah, I'm like, 
That's the best fuel high I ever heard. Yeah. I'm in. I don't care what it costs no, at this point. No other Cali. And you did it for three years in a row. Three years in a row. <laughs> and, and no other Cali guys you're traveling with? Or like, you know, like who was coming over from America? At that time, um, Chris Frohoff, uh, the next year, and, and Mike Parsons and Brad Gerlach uh, and, and Gary Clisby and Scott Farnsworth. At least I think maybe Gerlach was two years down. But, yeah. Um, but that crew. Yeah, yeah, so the like, guys that break in. Yeah, yeah, the all surfing. the good guys. But yeah, I, you know, like Charlie Coon and Matt Cagley and, and and Brian McNulty. We, we whatever. We just crashed that pad. Yeah, you know, yeah. you, you, you get a good cart. So the first time, good. the first time was it just you? It was like, just me. But I living in the penthouse. Yeah, <laughs> and I won it next year, and then the the third year was to the highest trialist again, and it came down to Charlie Coon and me. And Charlie beat me on a 3-2. He won it, and I got a free place again. Yeah, that's the way <laughs> so it for, works. For four years, I, I, you got I, to stay for free at a, a luxury penthouse. Yeah, suite. that might have been the, the best. Four uh, years of your you, you know, that was the best yeah, in the heyday. wallet saving, you know. Wow. Yeah. In the heyday. So, I saw you were wearing body glove in that shot, and I uh -huh. remember you being a body glove team rider. Yeah, well, that, what I wrote for uh, O'Neill at the time, and O'Neill after the second year, they just I couldn't get my checks, and you know when you're living on check yeah. to check to get your you know like to get food in your mouth and, and even pay for the tickets, I didn't yeah. have. I mean, literally, I was down to zero. Like when I yeah. would buy the tickets and everything, I didn't have no money. So, yeah. I mean, and I couldn't afford. And then Bodyguard comes up and goes, "I'll pay you double." And, We'll make any custom wetsuits you want. Well, at that point, I ran across Guy Motil, and um, he's photographer, a photographer. And for, he for and, breakout, breakout. Yeah, right? well, for everybody, for but everybody. it was magazine, but breakout too. But it was uh, he was he was complaining that everybody had white boards and black wetsuits, but that was what was cool. We all had white boards, all and color. black wetsuits. And he showed me. He goes, "Hey, look at this photo. See this the tail of this board, you know." I can't see it. It's all lost in the white water. You know, mm. it'd be a great shot. It'd be a cover shot if it was yellow. <laughs> so. He was looking out for investment and he was I, telling uh, you like, hey. I made my board. That's where that red faded to yellow surfboard came. So with. are you responsible for bringing <laughs> color into surfing? I don't know if I was responsible. but uh, It I sounds to me like I definitely had a. You're, you're lobbing it out there. Well, hey, his photo and said that was the 80s it was, when it started I made 10,000 body glove was, was the one that was making really loud wetsuits right I made the loudest wetsuit and, yeah and he was looking at photo incentives on his contracts going yeah yeah $10,000 in photos that year so Sick. that's how much you made yeah oh my in photo incentives that's yeah. huge back then yeah so Guy Motil says hey we need to put a little color in so I made a flare. white wetsuit with Red arms with yellow gussets, and down the yellow, the red arms, I put yellow body glove, and down the yellow here, I put red body glove, and I look like Ronald McDonald. <laughs> <laughs> so, wait, body glove said, Hey, we'll pay you double. Yeah, what, what were you making? Ah, uh, man, I, I think I was making like $500 a month from from O'Neill back in the 80s, and I went up to like a 
thousand dollars a month plus incentives like yeah. big incentives contest incentives and photos photo incentives yeah. are big yeah you know so yeah. you were, well shoot you were, 10 g's you know that's you know it's almost making like a thousand a month in photo incentives so every magazine well he's making a thousand in i know but just like he made 10 grand yeah, i was making five hundred dollars a month off of floho sandals and 500 a month off of well yeah uh, varnays and um, bought a condo right two thousand dollars a month off of uh gordon and smith nice and so you're making a pretty decent living but all that went straight to the air to the air yeah because you didn't have a travel thirty two thousand dollars in the airfare a year at least yeah yeah Yeah. were your parents like supportive during this time like were they just like hey like well i had scholarships to go to any college for wrestling, for wrestling, and I turned them all down to be. A oh my gosh! <laughs> Choose wisely. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Gotta, I followed my dream. Got to follow I'm your still, passion. Yeah, dream. still doing it. Yeah, because well, uh, it's killing it. I think one of the first surf movies that were like videos where people started watching, besides like the like the newer school ones, right? Yeah. yeah. Because we're talking about free ride and like yeah, those were like fantastic. Yeah, those were like the, the boards. Yeah, vi- certain those movies like, that went to VHS, not not like yeah VHS. Cinema. The first ones yeah. that went to VHS. Yeah, were, yeah. Because let's talk about disappearance. Yeah, right. Uh-huh. That's like do you remember disappearance? I do. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. tell us about disappearance. I wish I had all. That was a body glove well, movie, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That okay. was, uh, I think, Herbie Fletcher body glove uh, combo, and. It was called Disappearance. It's a 65-foot boat that Body Glove owned called Disappearance. And they, we went out to Channel Islands. Unfortunately, the waves are only three to four foot. Yeah. And they, you had to make the, whatever you could make yeah. happen. Yeah. I brought boards I never even rode, and I just went out there and, like, you know. Did just, your best. Did my best on yeah. what I had. Yeah. And, uh, my old things when I was growing up were laybacks. You know, we used to lay back on lefts and like literally flay flat as a board, and your knees would be the only thing showing, and then you'd stand up. You know, so anyways, took that into many different departments of doing laybacks, and then going laybacks into the barrel, and then turning while you're in the barrel, and then coming out into laybacks up on the lip, like lip line laybacks, into close out laybacks, break over you, come out into lefts, going left, doing a figure eight, like going out and doing a roundhouse, coming back into the barrel and doing a layback and then grabbing your rail and getting barreled and coming out. You know, yeah. being creative, right? Yeah, yeah. That's my kind of surfing and, right and, <laughs> and, 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 you know, that's where I tell, I try to tell the kids, like, you know, that... I try to bring that Creative, out of the kids. Creativity and like, you know, you like know, we all have our own little risk. dreams of what you could do. And, you know, you know, in that section comes up, why not try it? Yeah. yeah. You know, and, and like, I don't know what your dream is or what your, your, your move is that you've thought about doing, but I, I try to bring that out of the kids. Like, do that one. Be more spontaneous. Yeah. Like you've seen that and you said, oh, I should have done that there. If the other four guys had just surf that wave, did air reverses or a just close out lip line, like go for a freaking lip, change it up. Or not just lip, but whatever you want. I like, know, but you, you know what your, I mean? Your, your move. Yeah. Like, whatever you dreamed of. Like, you know, I mean, I, because I, I, we are dreaming of like, 
you know, I had this picture on my wall, Waimebe. This one guy, he's just a little tiny guy at the bottom, there's a huge wave. I was like, oh man, that's huge. I want, I want to get one of those. Well, like, you know, when you're a kid, you think, oh, I could do like little backflips and stuff like that. that you've Mind always surfing. thought you could do. Yeah. yeah. But you never thought you could do it on a wave that big. Well, fast forward. Kylie. Kylie. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. The guy may be the best surfer in the whole world. Yeah. He's playing with freaking giants. Yeah. Yeah. And I've never seen anything like it. Yeah. Uh, he, you know, hats off to him. He's just the best surfer in the world in a different area. Yeah. And wow. Yeah. So in <laughs> this appearance, though, it was just you and Keiko, right? No, no. It was uh, Kelly Gibson, Ted Robinson, oh. Brian McNulty, and Keiko. I only remember you and yeah. Keiko on that thing. Yeah, yeah. But uh, there was a few. Um, but anyways, yeah, it was a it was a nice little it was a trip. We had two days to film, and that was it. Yeah. So uh, they actually, you know, I mean, got some stuff, and you know, you, if you, you look back there and you look at that, and I go, well, you know, meat and potatoes of surfing that is vertical off the lips. Yeah. Yeah. Always has, always will be, even today. For sure. And twelve o'clock. Yeah. Know, and and. But with speed and snap, and yeah. uh, you know, I, I I actually saw that video not too long ago. I don't know, five years ago or something. And I, you know, I was like looking at it going, "Wow, that's it's You're a trip." Progressive, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I was a fast surfer back then. I was fast and out of control. Yeah, I guess. You know, I mean, I don't know who you would put it towards yeah. today, yeah. but I I was a guy that would. I was always doing the crazy, crazy stuff. Like I would, I'd get a ten or a zero. <laughs> <laughs> You'd go for broke. Yeah. No, every wave. Yeah, I, I had no no filter. I had no yeah like one hundred percent gas down. So how long how long did you do the pro tour for it? Um. Well, oh. I did it in t well, I did yeah. eighty three to eighty. Seven eighty six in there um, on the world tour, wow. and you know I was in a contest in the Wave Wizards, and I know it was super small, but I made it to the semifinals against Joey Brand, and what was Wave Wizards? And I beat Curran actually in the heat first, and then I beat Hans Hedelman, and then I was going against Joey Brand, and something happened. Hans Hedelman and I, you know, it was like, again, one of those calls. Um, you should have won. Oh, I won, but yeah. I lost. Yeah. No, I won. They announced it. I won. I mean, we, as long as you didn't touch the water, the wet sand, and you started on the beach, it was a beach start, you run out. I won five judges to zero. Came back, I had my jersey on, getting ready to go in the semifinals. They called me up and said I got disqualified that I went out in the wrong area. You're fucking kidding me. And this happened a couple different times. And uh, that's what that's why I gave up the world tour. Mm. And I got paid double to come back and surf the U.S. tour. <laughs> that's was, I figured they're not going to let me in. You know, they were trying to make a world tour out of it and... Unfortunately, the top 16 guys, they, they actually ran the tour. You know, like like I said, like the points were 
they got a certain amount of points there, but you know, going through these trials, if you didn't get to there, they're not going to lose their spot. Yeah. See what I mean? Yeah. Um, 28 events, so they're guaranteed to go from there up. Yeah. So a guy like me coming through the trials, they didn't expect to maybe knock him out of their spot. But I think I would have knocked him out of the spot is what it looked like, and they DQ'd me. <laughs> so, then, you know, and that's kind of one of those heart breaker things and after it happens a couple of times you you think well they're not gonna let me in yeah so i didn't really i didn't want to quit the world tour but i didn't think they were going to be fair yeah at that particular time asp so i uh got paid double and came back to the u.s tour won the first three out of four events you're talking psaa right psaa yeah and I missed the first two events, and was that was that like eighty seven? Eighty seven, yeah. And missed the first two events, or maybe the first three events, but missed the first two or three events. Came down to Malibu, and the inside position has right away, and I was up and doing turns and already riding the wave, like maybe like four or five turns, and. Ricky Shaver paddled up underneath me and took off behind me, and they gave me an interference, and I lost the title to Mike Lambrisi. Oh! <laughs> no! Sorry. Ricky Schaefer? Yeah. That guy still rips. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no way. Yeah. So Ricky Schaefer, you've, you've already been up and riding, and the guy took off in the whitewash behind you. Well, I don't know where he took off, but he took off somewhere between the... The breaking part of the wave and me. Uh, didn't Hardman do that to Carol at Nairman? But but <laughs> how can if you already the inside <sighs> position is already established? Yeah. When you already have done three turns. Yeah. So how can it be? You know. They change so, that priority like not too long later. Yeah, but they change it right after that. But I lost. Yeah. I lost a. US you would have won the the PSA title. Yeah. The first year. Yeah. Ugh. So heavy. Lambrizi. Come on, Lambrizi. Let's go. <laughs> let's wrestle. <laughs> now, Mike's another good friend of mine. You know, yeah. We, we all become great no, friends. It's... But that's, you know, that's my point of view of yeah. what happened. And, you know, uh, 2012, um, Ricky Schaefer ended up being, the last second I kept, you know, running current. I'm like, oh, I'm going to beat you. I'm going to beat you next time. But... And the last second he pulled out and went to Jay Bay and Ricky Schaefer came in and in Nicaragua and ended up making it to uh, the finals. Ricky Schaefer did. He made it to the finals and, and me and him. So he said, I, I, I go way down the beach to paddle out and he runs on the other side of me. <laughs> so I move a little bit and he runs on the other side of me. So I'm like, all right. You want the inside? You got it. Where was it? Where was it at? Nicaragua. Yeah, what spot? Uh, Playa Colorado. Okay. So as we paddle out, I paddle out like as fast as I can, make him paddle as fast as he can. So he does. Ricky, now you're gonna know what happened. <laughs> anyways, you took the bait. Don't take the bait. Um. Anyways, I paddle as fast as I can. He paddles as fast as he can. We duck dive. 
go and he's paddling, paddling, paddling. I duck dive and I let the wave bring me backwards and let him think he's winning. And then I paddled behind his feet and then got the inside position. Started the heat and I got an 8.86. Yes! <laughs> yes! <laughs> and I won the gold medal on that. That is yeah. incredible. So, you know, tactics, but, tactitioner but, over but here. We're on the same team. Yeah, but but <laughs> but if you win, it's good for the team. Well, Payback yeah. for eighty-seven. Yeah, <laughs> and we end up getting the the silver medal overall on that one as a team, and the one the year before, uh, when Tom and I got first and second, and I got the silver, we won the gold medal. As a U.S. Yeah. So go go backwards and and um. You, you did the P. You went home and did the domestic tour, the PSAA. Yeah. How long did you do that for? Uh, four years. Four years. Yeah, and then. How'd you? The do next it? year, I. Uh, well, my mom had passed away, and I was getting ready the last three events, and I was like in a position to win, and my mind wasn't there, and ah. I just had issues for the next two years. At the last three events, I had crazy stuff going on in my mm. life, and I didn't focus, and I ended up third overall for what three years and then I was sitting third going in the the last year in 1990 and I blew my knee out just before the end and recession hit and, and I got a job That's... and had to work for 10 years in a warehouse at Stucy and I didn't surf for six years so wait really surf. 1990 yeah. you blew your knee out yeah. surfing yeah pulled into a barrel at uh Oceanside. Oceanside and close out. And if I make this wave, I'd probably win the title. And I just, I turned. It was in the final or in a contest? Yeah, it was in a contest. And I, I big eight to 10 foot close out and I just pulled in standing there. And then I turned straight and tried to break through. And it just, all the weight went on my back and my board didn't snap. Doggy, so you're to, turning doggy door out. No, there's no doggy no. door. I was there's trying to break through. Close out and it's going straight through the lip. I was trying to break through the lip. Yeah. Gnarly. And ended up floating around on the shore break because I couldn't walk. And then my brother realized something was wrong and they came and carried me off the beach. Went to Mr. Nueva, David Nueva Sr., who was uh, head security for, ended up taking over the U.S. Open as head security. I I drove all the way to Anaheim and he rubbed my temples and my stomach and put my knee back in place. Wow. Wow. Crazy. So that took you out of competitive surfing and surfing in general for a long time. Yeah, I was off. I had a surgery after that. And I was out about nine months. And I tried to come out early again and surf because that was the only way I'd make money. And I had a house payment and everything. And I blew money out again. Fuck. Had another surgery. And you went out too, too early. Yeah. And then basically all the sponsors dropped me. Damn. So I uh, had to get a job, and I couldn't get one. I went over to 300 applications. And nobody in the industry would take it, you under their wing. Nobody. Everybody was everybody was firing people. Because of the, the 90s recession? Yeah. 91? Yeah. 90, 1990. Yeah. And yeah, that was a, 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 not a deep recession, but we were definitely sliding into... Yeah, it was bad. Yeah, it was bad. Yeah. And so I, uh, I was mowing lawns and... You know, regrouping. Put backpack skateboard down the street with paint and shoebox and spray curbs and put numbers on it for ten bucks a curb and mow your lawn for ten bucks, whatever I can do. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, 
ran into Frank Sinatra in the water and I begged him for a job at Lowers. And then he said, well, okay, get out of the water. And I just got out there. I hadn't even got a wave yet. And he goes, get out of the water, good work. Irvine. <laughs> you mean now? Yes, yeah, so I got out of the water, freaking went to work. And I started going to work at like four in the morning and staying there until they closed. And next thing you know, it was like six years I didn't surf. Wow. That is kind of weird and crazy. Just, I was trying to save my house, you know, had some yeah. kids. And... So you already were married and yeah. kids. Okay. Ma- married kids, and trying to make ends Had a kid, and... kid on the way, and, uh, and just trying to, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Was, so brutal, brutal wake up. Yeah. It was tough. Yeah. Tough times. Because here you are, all your eggs are in one basket, pro surfing. Right. Yeah. Well, I was expecting to work for Gordon Smith afterwards, and yeah, um, it just fell apart. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That seems pretty common, and it's unfortunate, you know, yeah. that our in- industry, and you know. That's why I say now, when you know someone offers more money, go. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's no loyalty. No know? loyalty. Like, none. Yeah. Whatsoever. Like we're loyal to these companies and. I throw you under the bus, even though I, I really do love GNS. I know for sure that's not what they wanted to do, but yeah. but you can't you you got to look out for yourself too. Yeah, yeah. So I think surfing's lost like that. You know the disconnect between like you know the brand does the marketing and they have the team riders and stuff, but you also need that connection to the, all the surf shops yeah. and somebody that they respect and they know and you know somebody that yeah. they could keep. You know, kind of cruising yeah. up and down the coast. Well, at that time, I knew every single owner of almost every surf shop from Santa Cruz and to San Diego. And that's a, yeah. exactly. And I couldn't get a rep job. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't even get a rep job, so that was... And you were trying. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was trying. And, and um, I mean, I ended up getting Von Dutch later on. And I, I sold uh, to Sharon Seagal. And, uh, Steven never, Seagal's wife? Seagal, you know, Seagal on the, um, what is it, uh, in, in Beverly Hills. Oh, uh, Fred Siegel. Fred Siegel. Fred Siegel. Yeah. He sold his wife. Okay. And, which really took Von Dutch to a whole nother level. Right, right. And. When Pam Anderson was wearing. I ended up getting scorched on that and didn't make any money and they <sighs> put someone else in there and took it over. And so, yeah, whatever. Yeah. But, so did, did you fall into, you know, not to get too personal, but did you fall into deep depression then? Like after? Oh, yeah. And yeah. Got, got oh, yeah. Like pe- people would call my house or come over, knock on the door. I just, I laid on the couch with just a pillow over my head and didn't answer the phone or the door. Six years surfing. not surfing. And then, after coming and then, off of like. That was before I got traveling the, the world for, you know, for however that, long. That was and, before. Uh, you know, that was before I got a job, you know. And yeah. And I started working and, and then started to feel better, you know. And yeah. I could actually make my house payment. I went down to basically nothing. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, just worked my way back. And, and then, you know, I had to work. So I was working, uh, doing that. So wait, I was working, at, I, was, I was managing the warehouses, doing the, the samples for the reps. And then I was driving a limo after work. And I was building motorcycle tracks at Orange County Fairgrounds and doing that on the weekends. Dang. Just, just side years. hustles, whatever yep. hustle you can put together. Yeah. 
So you were you were depressed, but you were still powering <laughs> through depression. Oh yeah, and anything with surfing that was in my house disappeared. Fuck. I got rid of everything because I couldn't walk by and see anything with surfing. So yeah. I got rid of everything. Did, and you said for ten, six years or ten years? No six surf. years. That's... Six years. I didn't really surf until Guy Motiel again decided to do Longboard Magazine and said, "Hey, you kind of owe me a favor." <laughs> and uh, you know, you need to go ride a longboard and help me out. You know, yeah, doing promote this longboard magazine. So. But your knee, your knee finally healed. Oh yeah, 100%. No, I was saying it wasn't anything yeah. like it was a, it was healthy. Yeah. I mean, but just you're just in a different mindset of so like, no nobody. I mean, there's a lot of people that surf at Stussy, right? Brett Coates. Yeah. Right. I mean, um, I got to go out once or twice, but or like Wendell, Wendell. Yeah, but I mean, I, Kong, I basically right? was just sur- like yeah. not surfing. Yeah. You know, because you you were like one of the guys in surfing. Yeah, and then I was gone. You were done. You yeah. You I was I was going to I was going on. to work at dark, coming home at dark. So there's no way I could have surfed. Yeah, and That's then brutal. and then working, making motorcycle tracks and fucking, driving limos and driving limos. I was, sometimes I'd drive a limo right from work and pull back up in the parking lot and have an hour of sleep and go back to work. Yeah. Damn, dude. Yeah. So all those times I was coming to Stussy, getting my box of clothes uh-huh. and hanging out, you weren't even surfing. No. Who was the guy? But I was watching what you were doing. I, I was still paying yeah. attention, and you were actually I, on fire. Back I then. was, and I, Jim's but, like, "That was me." Yeah, you're like, "Save your money, dude." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I always tried to steer everybody yeah. in the right way, though. Yeah, no, yeah. for sure. No. So what, was uh, did you turn to religion? Were you doing drugs? What the heck? What was going on? Nah, you know. After a few years, well, I, I just, like, I just would just do my work. I wouldn't. You just put yourself in the work and work, provide for the fam. Home, you know, and um, then when Guy Motiel got me, you know, I went to Bill Stewart and said, hey, Bill, you know, I'm going to do the longboard tour, you know, this year, you know, on the World, WLA, World Longboard Association, and he goes, you don't know how to ride a longboard. <laughs> and I got this guy, this guy, this guy. I, I learned on a single fin, dude. I could ride a longboard. So I went down to uh, Iron Cross and said, hey, if you guys give me $500 a month and all my longboards, I'll make uh, make sure anyone on a Stewart don't beat me. Wow. Because I was pissed. Yeah. I'm from San Clemente and I can't even get a San Clemente sponsor. So oh, so you tried to get Bill Stewart to sponsor you? At first, yeah. Okay. And they said no. Yeah, but that's that was the spark that got yeah. me yeah. going. So like you know, you always need a rabbit, right? Yeah. So that was my rabbit. And there was decent money because it was kind of. And Ted Robinson was out there doing vertical off lips on the longboard. I I could throw a freaking longboard two feet, you know. Yeah. And and I knew I could surf, but I didn't know how to do the cross stepping or any of yeah. that stuff. So the traditional shit. I started going and looking at old school surfers and what they did because i already knew the new school i just needed to figure out what the old guys now i just need to figure out how to turn a freaking mine (laughs) out and not fall and not fall so that's what i end up doing i end up doing what like is this then 96 so 96 i I think it was 95 started like just like just the end of 95 you know just started like just warming up for the 96 like you know I, i think it started like three months to get myself ready. Yeah. You know? um, 
So, you know, cross-stepping, you know, I just run up and fall off the front, run back, <laughs> fall off the back. You know? it, was, it was like, that's what you guys should have film of. Yeah. You, know, you want to talk about some good... Some fun. bloopers? Yeah. Uh. But, so anyways, I, I just put my one foot there and my back foot, I'd bring it up, bring it in front, leave the front foot there, one, one. Then I brought the other foot up, two, one, two, one, two, three. Yeah. And then I'd hang... Playing the piano over there. Then I started hanging ten and run back and then I could... I started walking the board. Then I, then I was watching, uh, gosh, what is the guy's name? He's from Huntington Beach. Really good longboarder. Joey um, Hawkins? Yep. Yeah. And freaking Joey used to do this cross-step cutback. He'd be just riding the whitewater, nothing there, and he'd just do this cross-step cutback. I'm like, whoa, that's cool. What was that? And I kind of stole it from him. And yeah. Ended up using that. So I ended up learning how to do this cross-step cutback. Yeah. And I, I would do that and then so, the board would come back around. So that got you back into surfing. Yeah, and, and I ended up uh, winning the first contest of the year and then taking second in the second one. And then from that point on, it was like, it's going to be hard to beat me. And then got to Malibu and uh, it was supposed to be worth uh, double points for Malibu, but no one could beat me because I was so far ahead. So they tripled the points because there was another contest in San Miguel that all the guys were going to go to, but they tripled the points to kind of lure those guys back. And all that did was piss me off and I ended up winning that one. And then I pretty much quit. Was there that. decent money in it at the time? The, yeah, there was, yeah, like a thousand bucks here and there. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, I was able to buy a van, a used van for the babies and stuff. Yeah, nice. for mom to travel with him. <laughs> yeah, so you did ten, did that longboard while you were still working at Stucy, and yeah, yeah, I did that, and then then I went back, and I didn't really surf much after that. I just plowed into work again. Yeah, for another four years, and then in two thousand, I was like, you know, I wonder how I could, you know, how you know how I would surf against these young guys, you know, like you, you, yeah. you guys. It was called the PSTA. Yeah. So I, it was 2000. I'm like, you know, I'm going to go try and see if I can do that. And I didn't even have a board. I think I borrowed a board off of Jason Sin that was too thick, too big. And it was kind of yellow and stuff. And I took it to an auto body shop and I sprayed, had them <laughs> spray it, a car, car detail, sprayed the thing black. Oh and it was my just God. after Dale Earnhardt died and I put it. A number three, because I was sitting number three when I left the tour. Oh my god! So I put gosh. a big number three on this. Look at you, this guy with the and symbolism. I, yeah. And I, I put a, a couple little tiny stickers, like a little Stussy sticker, a little by. Even though I wasn't sponsored, I just put them on there like I was. And yeah. A little race car. Yeah. And I always thought that would be cool for the surfers today. Yeah. And now they have numbers on their back. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I just. That's cool. So I ended up doing it. I didn't even have a wetsuit, so I borrowed a wetsuit. Oh, my Borrowed God. the board because I was too embarrassed to ask. Dude, you but, you know, when you're a pro surfer and you, you've done this whole life and yeah. you're like, you're not going to ask somebody for a surfboard. Totally. You know, I don't know. I, I just couldn't. I was yeah. just I was too embarrassed. You but. should you should have uh, hit me up, even though I had all the colorful suits that you had back in the 80s. I had them in the 90s. Yeah. I think I wore a something coral reef wetsuit. Yeah, there. coral reef. Somebody gave me a coral reef wetsuit to wear. Are those guys still around? So, no, I don't think so. Yeah. So, anyways, 
uh, a guy named Ruben had these board bags that are called Inside Out board bags that turn into a little tent. Do you remember those? So there's a board mm-hmm. bag and you turn it inside out and it turned into a tent. So I had wow. no money, so I was literally everyone would leave and I'd freaking turn my board bag into a tent and I'd stay. I'd sleep on the beach, and uh, I end up. Um, hey, hon, I'll see you on Monday. Where are you, where are you staying? Ah, on the beach. I ended up second in the first contest of the year through the trials into the main event and took second in the very first event. And I was like, oh. I'm back. I just, I, no, I had no idea. Like, I'm not even on a board that shaped for me or nothing. I got a barred wetsuit, a barred surfboard, and I'm well, sleeping in a tent on the beach, and I got second place. I'm so back. I ended up doing the whole year and going into the last event. You know, I, I made it into the, I think, the quarterfinals. And if I made it into the semis, I was top three overall. And I didn't. I ended up losing that heat. And I ended up fifth on the tour. And I was thinking, you know, I didn't surf for the last 10 years. I wonder where I could have been. Yeah. And then that was kind of what sparked me. I wasn't having fun. At that time at work I was like you know I was done I was walking around put headphones in I wouldn't even say hi to anybody I just I was a zombie I'd just do my work matter of fact I'd do everyone's work because I'd get there early and they would have all these pick tickets and everything for everyone for the whole basket for everyone but I had all my own work to do I'd grab all those first and I'd put a pot of coffee on I didn't I'd drink the whole pot of coffee and I'd turn the music up and I'd run and I had them all laid out and I'd do all this work and I'd sign my name on everything. I wanted to know that I'm the freaking best worker they got. Yeah. yeah. But it didn't do any good, but I did this every day. So when everyone else got to work, there's no work for them. Yeah. They're like, what do we do? What do we do? Like, and then I go in my cage and I start doing all the sample work, which would take me through the whole day. Yeah. And yeah. So that's kind of what I did. Come on, Frank. Throw a bone, dude. I know. Frank should have sponsored you. Yeah, he he definitely helped me out in different areas. Uh, You know, uh, he ended up, you know, gave me a boat that they didn't use, and I I ended up using that. That was really cool. Yeah. So, you know, when... I used to go there all the time, by the way. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I remember, well, I remember you from even Heinsohn Servant Sport when you were doing all the boards. Yeah. And then Jay, I remember him being, you know, just ripping on the tour. Yeah. I I was like... like, you were really impressive back then, you know, and still are, I'm sure. I haven't yeah. seen you surf lately, but um, still I, I want to see what you did in the surf ramp. <laughs> yeah. No, it was fun, for sure. No, I, did, I was, I mean, I was a big fan. I had a bunch of friends working at Stussy that we knew and, you know, had long relationships with a lot of the guys there. And Yeah, the opportunity came to ride for them, and at the time, you know, whether Stussy's in skate or surf or, you know, yeah. Hip hop, you know, they're always into something, you know. Yeah. So I had a nice run, yeah. and Frank was good, you know. I was kind of coming out of my tail end of the career, you know, and I was yeah. like, not that I wanted to retire, but I was just like, hey, you know, like I'd love to work for you, you know, yeah. again, that transition. And yeah. he kind of just wrote me off, like, didn't get me. <laughs> yeah. I'm just a dumb well, surfer yeah. in, his, in his eyes, but, you know, yeah. whatever. Well, Sean Stussy, I yeah. mean, you know, it was kind of funny. Sean and, and Frank were completely different opposites. opposites. Yeah. And, and <laughs> I was really good friends with Sean. I didn't know Frank at the time. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, I mean, I've been working, you know, riding Sean's boards and everything yeah. for years. So. Now, 
how did Frank meet Sean? Do you know? Uh, investing. Investor. So Frank was an investor? Yeah. For, for Stussy? Yeah. Okay. And then eventually bought Sean, Sean out? Yeah. Yeah. So crazy. Yeah. So, and, but Frank, at one point in time, was a surfer, right? Or did surf? Yeah. He yeah. still surfs. I, still, oh, I don't know now. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. yeah he, he would go out and surf. And, yeah. and that's where I met him, in the water, really. Okay. So crazy. after Stussy and, you know, your your little short longboard career. Well, after I got fifth and that, yeah. that's kind of what changed my mind. I went to work and I just, like, I quit. Yeah. Like, and I got home. I'm like, honey, I'm quit. What do you mean you quit? Yeah, we're out of here. We're gonna rent the house. We're gonna move to Costa Rica. <laughs> On a whim. <laughs> Have you been to Costa Rica? Yeah, I've been to Costa Rica. I went there like years ago. But Charlie Coon and Johnny Futch lived yeah. there, and I just, I just, they're good I buds. Was gone. They were happy down so there. I, hold I on a second. Hold on. I didn't really know what was going on. I just. You came home and said, "Honey, we're leaving." Kind of. You did you even talk to her about it? No. <laughs> so, did you even talk to Charlie Coon and, and Johnny Futch about what they were doing? Are you, or do you just saw what they were doing? You're like, well, I'm going to do that. Yeah. yeah they're down there. They seem happy. <laughs> they're down there. They seem happy. I'm going to do it. I got there. I got, I got, I ended up going there, packing the whole house. I rented the house out. Which and is a smart thing to do. Yeah. I'm like, okay, it's going to pay for itself. Lucky the rent covers what the payments were plus yeah. so i was able to take off and i got there had a, a, a three-bedroom house and got there and they rented out to somebody else <gasps> so i what? ended up moving back into a 495 square foot one bedroom house with my dogs cats two kids and all everything we owned <laughs> no <laughs> so you went down there or you didn't even get to go down Did because you, they oh, no, we were there we we got there but like our place once we got there we had to find a place and it was live. a 400 was pissed or what she went well, you know, <laughs> what are you gonna do like you know like you got an understanding wife there bro yeah yeah so <laughs> and and they what were what was charlie and and charlie and johnny but, yeah, johnny johnny they, were they, doing they, uh, they bought this big mountain. Okay. Three hundred fifty. I've, I've been there when they first bought acres? it. Three hundred fifty acres. Yeah. And they were, they bought it in ten pieces. So they had to come up with like, one hundred twenty thousand for each piece, I think. So they, you know, they had to sell a certain amount of property to buy the next. And if they couldn't make the next payment, they wouldn't keep making it all the way around, right? But they own it now. But, anyways, I got there and. You know, Charlie and Johnny gave me a deal on a piece of property, and but I was living down low, but I didn't have the money to even buy a piece. How of big property. was the property? Uh, seven thousand square meters, which is twenty-one thousand square feet. Three-quarter acre. Know. No, it's it's big. Acre. It's it's yeah. it's big. It's, yeah. But the thing is, like, when on I first, the beach? No, it's it's off the beach in the jungle, but it's close. It's five yeah. minutes. No property on it. Nothing. No, no, just dirt. Just, just dirt. Just okay. Dirt. So I, uh, anyways, right after we get there, I, uh, I sitting there. I'm like, come on, just go surf. Like, man, go to sleep, man. I'm like, sleep. I haven't had a freaking nap in, I don't know, ever. I don't think I ever had a nap. Yeah. I've been getting up at three in the morning, staying up all night, and then when I get home, I can't even sleep because I'm like, Wired. so frazzled. 
You know, I got like maybe one hour of sleep. And they're I'm like, back no, up we got to take over two siestas, buddy. Years. So, yeah, they're like, it's <laughs> middle of the day. They're like, get out of here. <laughs> like, and I went, yeah. you know, I'd go surf in the middle of the day when no one else was surfing. I'd be the only guy in the water. It was baking hot at one o'clock. In the middle of the day. And it's empty day. because nobody surfs in it that time. Yeah. No, no, no yeah. one surfs. It's too that's, hot. That's siesta time. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so anyways, we have a little AC going and I'm sitting there watching TV and, you know, the blinders are in. It's dark and I fell asleep and I woke up and I was like, oh, that was a nap. I actually had a nap. <laughs> that's oh. a nap. So then I kind of, you know, Gotten I routine. couldn't get no one to do nothing. Like, and I wanted to go do stuff that, yeah. you know, you, you want to like go from... The fastest pace to the slowest pace. Yeah. Go to Costa Rica. Yeah. Costa so, Rican time. So then I end up, you know, just going, okay, well, what am I going to do? I don't even have a job. You know, I'm like, all right, I'll start a surf camp. Mm. And, you know, that's what I know. And then next thing I know, I got pneumonia. And I was in the hospital for a month and almost died. And all the what money the? I brought with me, I spent on the hospital bill. I, I, From all the humidity, AC, like the air, like, I, or who sure knows? just. Wow. Yeah, I had 103 temperature for 28 days. And 28 for, days? Yeah, I had 10 bags of IV for 24 days. Dang. And they couldn't break my fever. And, I, and yeah, and then they had two bronchoscopies that went in my lung and drained it. And then. Dang. I think it was from red tide. Oof. But I'm not sure. You never know. Fuck. That's yeah, So I spent all the money that I brought with me, pretty much. Yeah. Now I'm broke again. And I'm sitting in the middle of the jungle with no job. Like, uh-oh. Family, yeah. kids. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, well, whatever. Did you know any Spanish prior to going down there a little bit? Just no. like from nothing. No. Yeah. I'm still not that good at yeah. it. Yeah. So. But, but then then the prices here, when I left, my house, I bought my house, you know, at a decent price. Well, I bought it in 1989. Yeah. And it dropped $40,000. To fifty thousand dollars, sixty thousand dollars, right Which after is, I bought it, like literally the month after I bought it, I bought it in eighty nine, January yeah. of nineteen ninety. Yeah. yeah. Well, I I couldn't really do anything. Like I mean, I, where am I gonna live? I need a place to live. So yeah, you just stay. I just stayed there, just kept making the payments. Yeah. I think we've it, all been through it, that. It took like fifteen years for it to come back to what I bought it at. Yeah. And then. I moved and it was maybe $50,000 more than what I bought. And then I got sick over there. And then two years after I left, it shot up three times the amount. Holy smokes. And I was like, my house ain't worth that. And I sold it in two days. Yeah. You I sold moved. the house here. Yeah, I sold the house here. And then I took that cash and built a bigger house. Over there. On a better piece of property. In, in, Costa in Costa Rica. And then I bought another piece of property and I put the rest in mutual funds and I started my surf camp. And nice. Yeah. I love success stories. There's the happy ending we were looking for. I love it. So, and then uh, the U.S. team came down in 2009 and Ian's, hey, you know, um, we're coming down for the ISA and we want to know if you could help coach us since that's, you're in the area. I said, well, not just in the area. I'm running my surf camp right in the front. Spot. This is where I run my surf camp. Yeah. Literally at, right in front of the spot. He goes, okay, perfect. So I, you know, they get there and I, I start uh, helping them out and sage and, 
and Courtney, and then I was helping the longboarders. That was my job mainly is the gruels and the longboarders. Yeah. And then Corey Lopez and Ben Bourgeois and those guys are like, hey, Jim, start asking me questions because I know that the wave really good. And, and so I was like, basically end up helping them all. Yeah. And I rented two rooms for them. Like, well, I rented rooms for the whole team, but they were said that they couldn't stay there. They had to stay in town. So I kept, I kept a room anyways. And so they keep all their boards there. And Jane, my son and I stayed there and they never, they just jump on the bus and drive. They didn't have to bring the boards back and forth. And right. then they had an air conditioned room, color TV, bathroom, hot shower and everything. And so everyone got to, you know, surf the contest in front, come relax in the room Yeah. right behind. So I look at the boards every night, every single board. I'd see what everyone's riding and kind of do all the scopes on it and yeah. everything and see if anyone had broken fins or dings. And there's guys right behind called the Fisher Brothers, and I'd run the boards up there, have them patched, and they'd be back to me the next morning. Crazy. Yeah. So that was 2009. 2009, and then, uh, you know, Ian and them saw me surf, and then that's when I got invited to start helping, you know, assistant coach to Ian and went to Panama with Kanoe Garashi and all those guys and, and junior team and and doing that and then got invited for the, ma the Masters right after that. To surf in the contest. Yeah, nice. because they saw me surfing there, so they... Yeah. New, uh, you still had it. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's kind of. That's insane. So, when you finally caught a break, you, you, you um, sold the house, made some good money, invested it in your properties there. Um, was you started a surf school, like a no, surf it's camp? A, or? I, it's a surf camp, but it's more, it's not really a camp like everybody's got camps around here. Mine's more like. You and Jay come, and that's it. Yeah. I only book it for you and Jay. Let's go. Yeah. I'm your personal guide. That's killer. How good's your level? I've got waves to match any level you want. Yeah. If you ride a longboard, I bring my longboard out. I ride longboards with you. Doesn't so matter. you've been doing that kind of? In between the coaching. Yeah. Yeah. Since 2009 or whatever? Well, that's what you've been kind 2002, of I moved there. Okay. So since 2002. Oh, wow. And so have you been booking a lot of, have you booked a lot of uh, trips since then? Um, well, I, the last couple of years I've been mainly doing more coaching, but I'm, my son is going to, he's possibly going to move back to Costa Rica and run the surf camp part. He's really good. Yeah. And um, yeah, like. When did, when did he move back to the, to the States? Um, a couple of years ago. Okay. Yeah. But he grew up there pretty much, right? Yeah. Yeah. And he's bilingual. Mm-hmm. Cool, cool. Yeah. What's he doing here? He's bartender. Oh, nice. Yeah. Which? Uh, he he works at a Mexican uh, restaurant. San Clemente or Laguna Niguel. Okay, cool. Yeah. Nice. So. Yeah. So back there, you you connected with Sage and Courtney. Well, and no, yeah, well, I just did stuff with him back then, and then um, really later on. I ended up meeting Sage, like, I mean, doing that, but I ran into Sage. Courtney came out to Costa Rica a couple, two years, and 
and I met him and did surfing with him and stuff. Um, but I ended up, um, you know, Chelsea Twack from Barbados. She was like, I don't know, young, and she kept coming out with uh, the Burks, Alan Burt from Barbados, and his son uh, Josh, and then came out and I started working with them and I started coaching her and made it all the way to the World Championship Tour for her. Sick. And then we just ended that relationship, but she's still surfing, still ripping, yeah. and uh, still good friends. Uh, you know, uh, Barbados and I are, I became the Barbados surf coach and was coaching them around the world in wow. ISAs. Uh, I was coaching the U.S. while I was in Costa Rica a little bit. And before that, I had coached the U.S. team multiple different times and with another guy named Bruce Hopping that also was running another separate thing for the U.S. I was doing a bunch of stuff for, for him and going around the world. Yeah. Um, so what you're doing now is doing the camp and coaching. Yeah. And that, that you do a lot of traveling with that, like yeah, I've been doing a lot of traveling. I was, you know, I was in Australia just when they shut down the pandemic. I was on the way to New Zealand, and um, yeah, Carlos Benyos from yeah, Costa Rica. Well, I'm, I'm the Costa Rican national team coach. Wow, for the, all the juniors and the men's and women's, and I've been doing that for three years now, and. I know all of them, they're, they're, we have such a, I mean, Costa Rica is not that big. And you got to realize in 1980 when I went there, there was no surfers. Right. So in, in a short amount of time, in 40 years, which the very beginning when I went there, there was no surfers to now, the level of surfing is extremely high for the short amount of time. Yeah. What we were talking about in the beginning, how progressive and how fast progression has become. Yeah. You know, yeah, we talk about this on the on the podcast too about how a lot of those places wouldn't even have you know because of surfing. Yeah, a lot of these communities and beach, you know, obviously Costa Rica, it's dreamy just weather wise and and water wise, but yeah. the quality of surf surfing has changed not only the cultural but the economical everything future of so many different places right? oh yeah i mean i hate to bounce back and forth but i mean you go back to san Clemente and you got dino and dino and shane bashan and yeah and the fletchers and, 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 and fletcher and those guys but i mean i used to like you know groom those guys up to be you know, like, hey, look, at you can make money and go surf. Like, yeah. you know, it's cool. Yeah. You know, like, if you want to go surf, you can make money, you know. Yeah. Um, and I, I just, you know, every time we'd show up at T Street, we'd click 20, 20 minute, 20 minute heat. Let's go. It doesn't matter who's in the water. It could be 10 guys, you know, yeah. Potter yeah. would be there. I mean, like, all the time. Every single time we paddle up. Okay, let's go. 20 minutes. Yeah. Heat on, like, you know, whatever the rules were there. No wonder they're all of them. We're so fucking good. But yeah. the, the other thing is, is, you know, um, we also had a, a code, you know. Sure, I mean, it's San Clemente, but, like, if we're two guys from San Clemente and we're in a heat, if one guy jumps out first, you're blocking to let that other guy come in second. Yeah. I don't see that anywhere. I don't see it for the U.S. or any, like, these yeah. guys, no one's helping No camaraderie, each other, like, you know? yeah, no, and, no and brotherhood. The reason why San Clemente did so good is because... We would do that for each other. Yeah. 
you know, and, and, and I think still today, San Clemente is still one of those little towns that still does it. I think you're right. Without yeah. saying it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Especially at Lowers. They do, <laughs> for sure. Hey, Split and Peak, right? They don't even have to say it. They just know. Well, even me, I go, I go straight out of the back. I know yeah. exactly where I go straight out of the back. I, I took Carlos Munoz to his first world championships you know, at Trussell's for the WSL. Yeah. He surfed against Medina. And all the guys, you know, from Billabong and all the guys were like a bunch of guys standing up. Oh, man, Medina, he's going to win this heat. And there's like six guys are all talking. I'm like, well, I'm going to bet you guys 100 bucks each that Carlos wins this heat. Wow. <laughs> None of them took the bet. The, the goat just dropped the mic on them. Yeah. Right. And they just all instantly yeah. were quiet. Well, Carlos beat them. That's so freaking awesome. On the last wave. Wow. Well, I got the whole half of Costa Rica on the beach yeah. screaming up and down. And I'm looking and it's flat. And there's like 40 seconds, 45 seconds left. And I'm, you know, when you look at lowers, you think it's coming from the north, but it's actually coming from the south. I'm yeah. looking over there and I see this buoy go up and down. I'm like... And everyone's like, come in, come in. I'm like, I, I tell the guys at Costa Rica, no, no, stop, stop. Whistle at him. And I'm pointing out. Carlos looking at me, I'm going, out. Yeah. <laughs> he goes out, and the wave pops up right in front of him. He goes, it came right to me. I didn't know what to do. He's just like almost froze. You know when the waves are too easy yeah. to catch? You're like, oh, it's right there. Yeah. And he caught it, and he rode it all the way in. He just kept getting better and better. And he got the score. So he cool. came up the beach all emotional, crying. and. Wow. Uh, that's yeah. when you need somebody in your corner to tell you. Yeah. That. Where were you in my corner, dude? Yeah. There are so many events where I'm so like, like left, right, in, out. Ugh. But you know, knowledge at certain spots. Yeah. You know, uh, definitely. Yeah. Not. That's incredible. That's cool. That that in yeah, Carlos and I have had a, a great relationship right all the way through, and you know, I can't wait for this WQS season to start because I put money on it; they'll make the tour this year. All right. Let's see it. Definitely you know, want to see if he that. gets a chance. I mean, yeah. with this COVID stuff, who knows? I mean, but he's he's surfing it the best I've ever sur- seen him. He's in the best shape. Um, he he's 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 put all four on the ground and he's ready to go. That's good. Yeah. He rips. I, I'm excited. He's one of those like exciting like surfers that you know. Power, air game. You right. You know. I think he rides a barrel well. I haven't seen him in. You know. Yeah. No. He's well. Again, when he was young, I, yeah. I was making sure do, did the Ian PT thing and yeah. made sure that when he signed his contract for Volcom that he, he had to stay there for a month every year and stayed there for three years. His first wave on his first contest in the Volcom pipe Just was a 10. Sick. Wow. He's had three perfect scores. I want to say it like I've seen him perform. He's had three there, perfect but... scores that I know of, maybe yeah. four at Pipeline already. Yeah. So... Um, now Chopu is another story. He hasn't been there yet. Yeah. Well, you you you've you were a charger. I mean, you talk about eight footers now, but I mean, there's photos of you at Totos and like yeah. spots. You know. Well, Totos. I I used to my day, I used to go to Totos like all the time, like early on, and I even invited Mike Parsons. I mean, before the before eight flame before or he, any of those guys, I yeah. used to go there. Um, who got you into that or exposed my that dad, spot? My dad did. He was a fisherman and he saw the spot. And Brian McNulty and I went out there and we were on like six ones and it was like 25, 30, 30. <laughs> we couldn't really catch a wave. We were on the slide going, oh man. So the next time we came out, we had eight sixes and, wow. you know, and stuff like that. But 
Um, well, go and then and then after that, I you know I had a weather radio, you know, two hundred sixty nautical miles out to the Mexican border. They had eighteen seconds, uh, eighteen foot swells at twenty seconds. Well, you know that's thirty foot plus. You know, wow. so you, you know. So go back to your coaching. Who who are the people you're coaching today? I'm coaching the Costa Rican national team. Brisa Hennessy's in the Olympics, so we'll be going nice. there. And uh, she and, almost beat Stephanie. Well, she time. had it, just she maybe a little bit it. of a priority mistake yeah. at the end. Um, and Stephanie, that was a really close. But thing. even at that, Stephanie got really lucky. I mean, she had to surf perfect. Yeah, and she did. Yeah, it was just unfortunate. Brisa surfed an amazing heat. She did. And uh, wow. Close. Like that was a tough, but yeah. you know what? You gotta keep your head up on those because you know what? You just served great. Yeah, I mean, what? You know. Stephanie's seven-time world champion. Like, yeah, yeah, but she you, looked polished. Brisa did, yeah. and like you just can't make any errors in those. Did you watch that heat? No, but I, I watched saw last night. Yeah, and it was like I was like, holy shit, Stephanie's gonna lose this heat. You know, like yeah, well, yeah. I thought for sure Stephanie was gonna lose. Like, I, I mean, there's like, like less than thirty seconds. I left. saw the bump. I was like. No. <laughs> Less than 30 seconds left, and what does she need? A 7 9 or something like that? It was yeah, a pretty big score. It was a big score. And I almost thought, oh, that was close. She might have got it, but she got it. Yeah, no, she got yeah. it. I, I thought she got it. Yeah. So, 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 Pisa, yeah. Sage Erickson. Sage Erickson, Carlos Munoz, uh, Noe Mar McGonagall, and um, the, all the, the Coast Ricans. Cool. Yeah. Wow, and good for you, man. Yeah. That's exciting. You pay, pay you know, pass on your 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 knowledge, but to see it, you know, little guy, actually little guy named Will Dean from the East Coast doing some stuff. He's What's his he, name? Willie Willie Dean. Will Dean. Will Dean. Oh. Yeah, he he's good. He, he's young. Yeah. Nice. He's already doing errors and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So But he's gotta work on going twelve o'clock. How he get weight. How mind blowing is First off, the progression of surfing now. Oh, it's so good. I mean, it, it, it's unbelievable. I mean, Aaron yeah. Brooks, all these young girls are just absolutely killing it. You know, yeah. Josh Kerr's daughter and yeah. Aaron Brooks. And I'm just like, I don't even want to surf next to you guys. Yeah. <laughs> women's, girls, <laughs> right women's. Yeah, they're, like, going, they're landing and stomping. Girls, like, women's surfing. It's just like, I. it's crazy how good they are. Yeah. Like... And there's so many of them, right? Yeah. Like you just uh, said, there's so many. Even here in our home break, I see so many young little, you know, junior high, high school kids that are just like, who the hell is she? Ripping. Yeah. And holy crap, look what they're doing. You yeah, know? And, yeah. Well, and that, that's again where, where, you know, a, a young country like Costa Rica, you know, they got a bunch of really good guys. And then we've got this big gap mm. where we don't have anybody really behind them. Uh, we have you know one or two, but it's like, and the one or two like uh, they're no 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 like you guys you're not you know the the parents think that these the kids are that good already, but like you might be this good in a little pond, but you got to look outside. Your competition is not in Costa Rica. Yeah, yeah. Your competition is who the best kid is at your yeah. age, Around wherever the they're from in yeah. the world. You need to look at that kid. And you need to get to there if you want to be a pro server. Yeah. yeah. Otherwise, if you can't match that kid, do you're you, not going nowhere. Since you're you're a coach and you you travel around the world, do you trip out on how many 
kids there are and how many helicopter parents that are trying to, you know, oh, get wow. there. Yeah, you know, that's it's completely different. <laughs> Jay, I mean, yeah, I know you even, gotta, I mean, you oh, know. when I told my parents I wanted to be a pro surfer, they're like, <laughs> what? You know, like, and that was in the late 80s, early 90s, you know, it was not because you didn't come from that. You know, now we got second, third generation, like, you know, I, families that have surfed, but then you got lawyers and doctors and everything, and they're going to give their kid the best of the best opportunity yeah. to ex- excel. So, like, resource, sure a lot Saint of resources. Clemente and Huntington Beach and every like affluent area where there's waves and surfing, dude, there's so many helicopter parents and coaches. I, yeah, it's, it's like, it's, it's we so, make fun of it, but it's, it's rad because it's pushing. The yeah. sport, but it's just like so Yeah, crazy. but what it's doing though is, you know, you just go back and I, I was thinking about that and it ends more careers than it helps. Yeah, it's a good point. Yeah. So if you're listening to this helicopter parents, um, you know, as much as you think you're doing good, it actually hurts the kids more. For example, David Eggers, who was supposed to be a world champion, you know, did not become that world champion. And there's many others yeah. like him. And I don't need to go into other names, but uh, David was one of the best surfers. And, um, you know, just yeah. there, there, there's many, many like like that. There's, yeah. there's ones from Australia, you know. I mean, yeah, it's just it's sad, yeah. you know. Um, I, I think if they weren't pushed so hard, they might have gone and done what their dream was, but they got pushed so hard, they just, it's not for them, it's for their parents, and they just, I'm not doing that. Yeah. And they quit. Well, I want my kid to be a pro so I could go surf <laughs> South Africa and <laughs> Australia and Tahiti and well, all these spots. Of course. No, no, but just you, no, I mean, of course, but yeah. you want the main thing. But it's is, on their, you know. It's got to be them. It's got to yeah. be them. And I and I say that all the time. Yeah. I'm like, hey, you know, my, I support my, you, but I'm not going to force you and. My yeah. last two words to every surfer that I coach is have fun. Yeah. That's it. And be cool. That's always the best advice, right? Have yeah. fun. The and simplest, easiest. I mean, like Sage, I mean, been coaching her for the last two years. And, and um, she's old enough to where she's like, you know what? I'm not trying to change Sage into this like 360 aerial chick that she's not. Yeah. What I'm doing is helping Sage be sage yeah she's got these great skills let's use what you have to the potential you're not yeah. using your potential all the way yeah. so what we're doing is drawing the potential yeah. back out of her that she's already got yeah yeah and making connections of different maneuvers into transition maneuvers into another ones that she's already got in her bag yeah but this mix it up yeah, yeah different approach yeah and i think everybody gets lost on you know with with the new move or the new era or era was bigger than that era and it all comes back to the fundamentals and stuff and you know if you the other one is the boards yeah and you gotta have good boards and be confident it's a lot of mind mindset you know well it's funny what kind of uh because it's all mental right like you can have all the talent in the world but if you don't have it mentally jay larson you won't win contests (laughs) so for, for somebody like Sage, who probably has all the talent in the world, right? And she probably has it mentally. 
she she it's good for her to have somebody like you in her corner to like you know talk about nice. things and do things that make uh her more confident yeah you know, that's that's yeah. your job is to You're, make her feel confident right? they're there for more support and, yeah whatever yeah. yeah well you know what i'm doing is helping her with board designs yeah you know i mean yeah a lot of Kids like I, I know that you and I go into shaping rooms and we talk to our shapers and for we, sure. And Many like, years. Hey, this works yeah. great and this doesn't. These kids, they don't walk into shaping rooms. Yeah. Like, how are you gonna know? Like, how are you gonna tell the shaper what you like and what you don't like? How yeah. is he gonna be able to, you know, fix something if you don't talk to him? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Hey. And, and you're, you're you're Mr. Board guy. Like. Yeah. You ran the board department in Huntington Surf and Sport for years. Yeah. Yeah, but he gets stuck in his ways. <laughs> yeah, he, 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 you know, I walk in, he gives me the double six ounce heavy last job. Here you go, Jim. Seek. <laughs> no, it's it's cool to like have you know get your perspective for these you know these people that are needing it you know, yeah. but you know to see your work and in in how you guide them and and bring out the best of them you know is probably really rewarding i mean it puts uh, a smile on your face and maybe not that they won a heat or won a contest but maybe they were able to improve something that you went through oh yeah well a lot of its goals you know like um like chelsea Chwack yeah. from barbados you know uh she made the ISA finals uh, like three or four years in a row. Wow. You know, she didn't win, but like at one point, no, nobody made an ISA final, I don't think, from Barbados ever. So, you know, like there's stepping, you know, from certain places, different goals. Like when I was coaching Canada at the time for one year, they had never made the top 25. We hit 25th right on the button. I didn't even have, I had a half a team. Wow. <laughs> so... You know, like, you know, that's like winning a goal. Yeah. So people yeah. don't understand, like, you know, like you can only deal with what you have, but the goal for certain things may be lower than the goal. Yeah. yeah. But it's getting to that goal for the person and their ability, right? Yeah. So improvement. The improvement part. And, and that's the thing is, uh, you know, I'm seeing lots of improvement with sage she's seeing it and you know um it's great she's out yeah. there to win now i mean it's yeah. you know and, and it's just gonna get better yeah yeah that's awesome she writes for outer known did you know that yeah <laughs> i knew that what about wave pools come on kelly yeah yeah i, know. <laughs> yeah, I mean so you haven't been to you've been to waco or any of them or? no not yet uh not yet. You know, I went to Palm Springs and won that back in, I don't know, 83 or something. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, I, yeah, I don't know no, what year it was. Sure. But, uh, and I, I actually surfed in a wave pool contest against Kelly. And I, hey, Kelly, you listening? <laughs> <laughs> and this is Irvine wave. So uh, bad. Oh, gosh. It was the worst pool ever. But yeah. you take off and, anyways, you, I did a couple turns and then hit the bank over there, do a roundhouse, backside off lip, over Bang here up onto yeah. the up onto the concrete. It was, yeah, right? it, it was half, and, o, it was half they, white water. They, they count all three waves. You only get three. 
Well, I made all three of mine, and Kelly fell on his first turn and board went over the back, fell on his next one, and then he did like this little 360 on his, his third one, and somehow he beat me, and I lost the title on that one, too. I was like, Damn, this is kind of weird. Uh, <laughs> conspiracy inside, theory. Inside thought. <laughs> That's so cool. And, and Throwing it out there, Kelly. And then you, you're... That's because I didn't get to serve your wave pool yet. Oh, hear yeah. that? And by... <laughs> And then uh, the Olympics. So you know no. you're you're helping out with uh, any Olympic teams, Costa Rica or Costa Rica. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm excited when that. And I, I've been helping Gabrielle Bryan from Hawaii um, start out this year, and yeah. she's sitting number three on the QS. But then we quit. So oh. she was like on the qualifying path. And Rachel Presti, who both Rachel and Gabrielle both became world junior champions. And Sage, those are the three main girls I was coaching besides the Costa Rican team. And, yeah, so. Nice. So where, where can uh, people reach you? What's your, what's your website? JimHoganSurfCamp.com. Easy enough, right? JimHoganSurfCamp.com. Yeah. So they can hit you up for... Surf trips and coaching. Yep. And I, I don't have to be, I could go anywhere around the world. Yeah, you can. I, I'm a mobile. Yeah. 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 Jay awesome. Bay, anybody going to Jay Bay soon? <laughs> yeah, I actually got to surf there uh, two years ago. I went back. And wow. Got, yeah, I, I've been there a few times. Okay. I, I've surfed yeah. it like five times. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Matter of fact, this will be the last story, but Mark Ocalupo and Tom Carroll, you know, some of these things that happen between surfers on rivalries like Tom, yeah. and I, you know, you get in the water, it's like bang, bang, bang. And Mark drops in on Tom Carroll, just burns him on this eight, ten foot wave and just like, pow, and, you know, Aki hits it and Tom comes right in the same spot, hits it, and then Tom, Aki, bang, 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 bang. Wow. And the next wave freaking Mark's going and Tom looks right at him, drops in and bang, and Aki goes right up behind him, bang, it's like... You know, I actually had to get out and watch Dang. because it was, you know, it was like 1985. Were they pissed at each other? Or were they... Oh, yeah, they were totally pissed. Huh? Just but show off. it came to not pissed. It came to total respect after. That's yeah. Awesome. You know, it was like, it was like, it was a fight, mad, but it, 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 it brought the best out of both of them. And, yeah. and they, they just looked at each other and nodded and yeah. it we was need... cool. And I, you know, I, I, I never brought that. To their attention, but I, yeah, I, I hope they hear this and yeah. remember that. Cause yeah, I hope they hear it too. It, yeah. I've seen a few of those over the years of different people battle, yeah. and I've, I've actually, you can just see it. Yeah. And if you sense it, you can just, just get out. Two guys at the top of their game just <laughs> battling it out. There's nothing better. No. Goofy footers. Yeah. It's like me and Lennon on the ping pong. <laughs> me and Lennon on the ping pong table. I just like, take him mentally out. Bro. Yeah. Bro, come That's on. why I do to Gerlach when I get a ping pong in my <laughs> hand. <laughs> Sorry, Ger. <laughs> uh, I don't think I've actually played a Ger yeah, uh, yeah. ping so, pong, but so, I know he was talking about that, so I had to throw it out. Right? Yeah. So you're coaching Sage as, as right now when she's in Hawaii. Yeah, I, I talked to her this morning. She was on her way out at 7.30 this morning, and the shark attack was at 8. Wow. So and crazy. haven't talked to her yet. Uh, but we're you yesterday I was in contact her quite a bit. Yeah. You know. And she's in the quarters. She's in the quarters. And she's surfing against Tatiana 
Western Webb, who got a 9.2 and an 8.9. Her backhand looks her last, very good. Last heat, um, which, you know, that's incredible surfing. Yeah. Um, she peaked too soon, though. Well, I, I, I didn't say that, but, uh, you know, I, I, I was just glad it wasn't in the heat yeah. that's coming up. Yeah. You know, they have to reset and start all over. So, yeah. um, you know. Have you talked to anybody about the shark attack at all or no? Um, it was a guy that got attacked and he was in surgery is what last I heard. That was a big chunk out of the board. I saw a post. Yeah. Did you? So yeah. we'll just pray for him to be okay because we yeah. don't want any surfers or anybody yeah. ever getting hurt. And I just pray that everyone's okay and, yeah. and that they can resume this contest. So and, unfortunate during like an event, especially you know, like yeah. that's just, oh, the contest wasn't on yet though, right? It yeah. was like before it started, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, damn. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Twenty twenty is a mother effer. Yeah, it's, it's, it's been it's been tough. Anyways. Yeah. yeah. Yo, thanks for having me, guys. Dude, dude. you. Jim Hogan. Yeah, I know. Jim Goat Boy Hogan. You, got, you guys Goatee. pull stories out of me. That, Dude, you know. I love wow. it. This is what our listeners love, and this is what we love is just a history that's in you. And, well, and that's like two, two pages of, of homework you did right yeah. there to pull it out yeah. of me. Yeah. <laughs> no, so you guys good. are doing a good job. Lars, uh, <laughs> the investigative reporter, but... Did we appreciate what you've done? Yeah, you know you've you've had a rich part in the culture of surfing, competitive surfing, and now he's paying for it. Well, my my whole thing is, you know, I just love surfing so much. I want to share that with everybody. Yeah, yeah. And you know, there's not a better life, even though you go through your ups and downs. Yeah. And it is hard. Yeah. You know, there's something about the ocean that gives you life yeah and, uh, you know I, I can't stress that enough is I can't believe I'm actually out here for the third time going around the world yeah um and thank you Sage yeah. and, and uh Costa Rica for giving me the opportunities to be the the yeah. coach of the ISA world games and and the world tour and these guys um it's awesome yeah yeah well you earned it and, and you're you're like I said you're you're paying it forward, you know. Yeah. For everything. Thanks for having yeah. me, guys. Thank yeah. you. you know, always, I hope I get to go surf with you guys while I'm here. So. Yeah. Dude, let's make like make it a point for sure. Jim yeah. Hogan, thank you so much. Yes, thank you. Peace. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed the show. Please give us a five-star rating and spread the word. Special thanks to our good friends, James Williams for our awesome artwork and Justin Reynolds for the amazing music. 